I've decided to ask Captain Picard for a temporary leave of absence. Permission granted. Angry, Mr. Spock, or frustrated, perhaps? Sir, your attention is wandering. I'm supposed to be attempting a neoplatonic magical rite. What did you feel before you passed out? Well, what do you think? They're very good. You think so? They remind me of Vedic Topek's early work. How ironic. I was about to say they're similar in style to Nanpat Malur, the founder of the Valanin school on Cardassia. Oh, oh, I am so hungry. Could even eat pork food. Actually, I was having trouble sleeping. I would like to give you a mild sedative. Hmm? Oh. What's the sedative situation? I've got some stuff that will tranquilize an active volcano. If we can't sleep, I guess we'll just have to find some other way to pass the time. It's best you do not repeat this to the others, especially not to the mother. Whatever happens, it is imperative that it proceed naturally. Just tell me what I have to do. Close your eyes. The equations are only the first step. We will be going beyond mathematics. Yes. There. There it is. We're moving into phase now. There's your warm bubble, Wes. Get out of my chair. Get off the bridge. Both of you. I've seen enough. There's more. I couldn't care less what happened to us. Well, the Klingons might want to know. Dax and I have set up a data interpolation to fill in what's missing. If you have to. Mr. Ryan. Yes, sir. This is your favorite transporter, isn't it? Number three. Yes. It has been quite a day. Has it not? Yes, it has. But let's, Mike. Are you ready to start an episode? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wait. I know how to say everybody's name, and I know the order. I could do this totally without Mike. Fuck him. I don't need him anymore. Except for to pay for everything. So. <laughs> I guess. Guess we could still use him for a little bit. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. This week's battle is mediocre of Trek. We're going to try and determine the most mediocre of Star- episode of Star Trek, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's easy to do. It's those really bad episodes. But mediocre does not necessarily mean bad. It also does not necessarily mean good. It just means mediocre. It's a C average. And there's a lot of C average shit in Star Trek. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Oh, shit. Uh, Mike's not here right now. Mike is going to be joining us later. But joining us right now are Mr. Chris Wood. Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. What, what, what order? Uh, Mr. Todd Agnello. Howdy. Uh, Mr. Jared Formby. This is really, really temperate right now. <laughs> and filling in for Mike, at least for the first round, is Mr. Jared back? Greetings, programs. All right. Uh, how this works is Mike normally says shit here, so hopefully through the magic of editing, he puts in how fights work. Use geek logic. 
Uh, that's that's the logic that you come up with. Any anything works. Uh, what's hotter? What's sexier? Uh, uh, what what what's a smarter episode? What's a stupider episode? Anything you want to do, it's geek logic. Whatever makes sense to you. Hopefully, might put something in there. If not, no worries. Uh, wow, it's so much faster when I do it. Let's <laughs> jump right into the show, Chris. This fight is yours. It is Times Squared from TNG versus The Most Toys from TNG. You know, that's easy. I mean, <clears throat> The Most Toys is actually a, one of my favorite episodes. Um, I don't know. I kind of dig it. I dig Kivas Baggio, man. He's got everything, you know. He's uh, Saul Rubinak. He's an excellent actor. Um, but, you know, Times Squared, Picard shows up in a shuttlecraft and he can't talk and, you know, the... The Jordy's having a hard time getting the the data or the the power conversion between the shuttlecraft and ends up being from you know just a little bit in the future. I don't know, man. It's kind of a yawn fest. So I'm going to go with Times Squared as mediocre, and that's the hard thing about this episode. It's hard to think in mediocre as opposed to crap or good. So the Times Squared. Uh, vote for Times Squared, Mister Jared Bat. Ooh. I'd, I'd really love to root for Times Squared as a, the better episode because I just had so many good memories of it when I first saw it as a kid. But looking back on it, it's really just Picard and Picard. It's an all-Picard show, and as strong as Patrick Stewart's acting is, early Picard sucked. He was just... Early Picard was an asshole. So I, I got to go with the most toys as the, as the better one. Times Squared is the most mediocre. Uh, vote for Times Squared. Uh, Todd? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I watched Times Squared, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty dope. I love uh, the kind of, like, dark feel of Picard being all mouthy and not talky and fatalistic and kind of effed up. But I think... Uh, when I think of all the other great time episodes like Issues Enterprise and all the other kind of cool alternate history stuff that, that it does so well, it's actually mediocre on comparison to those. And then The Most Toys is actually pretty fun and interesting uh, watching Data get kind of bossed around a bit and all that kind of sassy fun. And the, and the kind of dark edge that Data develops at the end of that is kind of cool. So, yeah, Times Square is probably the more meh. Uh, vote for Times Square. Mr. Formby. This is horrible. This is a terrible <laughs> fight because these are two awesome, awesome episodes of Star Trek. There's nothing mediocre going on in either of these. I can't believe that this is happening. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to say is that Times Squared rocks because of the two Picards and because yep. of the one Picard who can't, like, speak. And he's like, hur, 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 hur. And gibberish and all the weirdness. And like, they're walking up and down that corridor. It's like, what, what, what is going on? But I guess the resolution is kind of not memorable. Right. So I guess Times Square can go forward, although it is a hoot, a hoot to watch. Times Square is awesome. So I guess I will put that forward because the most toys does have the insanely badass moment of data. Like, yep. Killing it or shooting at a motherfucker with a uh, <laughs> incredibly crazy pain. disruptor that like is designed to like give you pain before you die. 
Yep. And uh, so I guess the most toys should probably edge out. But And I'm very happy that Times Grid will go down in the next round because it's actually awesome. <laughs> uh, vote for Times Square. Yeah, and, and once again, mediocre does not necessarily mean bad. It just doesn't mean it's that good either. This is great uh, Star Trek for Jared for me, just so you know. Oh, okay. These two. Fucking Lulu. And you're right. You know what? The moment in most toys that I forgot about, because it is mediocre Star Trek, I generally forget about lots of things. But that, <laughs> that moment when they when he fires the, the weapon, and they're like, he's fired the weapon in the transporter. Uh, well, turn that shit off. And then you know you fired that, Mr. Data. Oh, did I? That was some fucking scary shit there. So, I will go... Dark Data. I will go for Times Squared just for that awesome moment from Data. And we are on to our next fight. Uh, Jared, this one is yours. That would be Mr. Bat. It is Sub Rosa versus Sons and Daughters from Deep Space Nine. Sons and Daughters. Hang on, Okay, Sub Rosa, I know, is just, ugh. I got, Sub Rosa was just bad, but I'm trying to, like, wish it was not as bad, because Sub Rosa was just, ugh. That, thinking about that one gives me a hernia. I, just because of the bad memories for Sub Rosa, I, I gotta, I gotta say Sons and Daughters, because I absolutely don't remember shit about it. So that, that's gonna be the yeah. more meaningful. Uh, vote for sons and daughters Todd oh that's awesome well I feel like I kind of uh, brought this one on a bit I, I Subrosa was one that I think I, I brought up and, and I just like I said I remember falling asleep to it and it had something to do with Beverly falling in love with the ghost and uh, and it was just pretty lame but I think though it's kind of, what's kind of cool is that it still has something redeeming in the way that it's Beverly doing something and getting kind of sexy, actually. She gets kind of randy in that episode, which I'm always a fan of. So I give a little more spark than awful, so it's just mediocre. It rises up because of Beverly getting it on. Uh, But Sons and Daughters, man, it's actually a good episode. So What? I think it is because, well, all right, Sons and Daughters is actually good, because of the fact that you see Worf and Alexander and him being a, a wimp and Worf being cool with him being a wimp, which is kind of cool. And uh, Zial uh, and the kind of, and there's just like, there's really good scenes that happen in this thing. I don't know. I mean, it, it's pretty mediocre on the whole, but it's character development. And DS9 does shit that stacks, whereas TNG hardly ever stacked. Like nothing progressed. So, on the fact that DS9 is at least progressing what happens to these people, I feel it's probably a better episode. So Sub Rosa, uh, nothing really happens, and it's all the same, and reset button. So, yeah, it's mediocre, Trek. Uh, vote for Sub Rosa. Jared? I, I, I can't subscribe to that. Sub Rosa is actually just really, really, really bad Star Trek. I mean, it is <laughs> horrible. And, and it, I, I've noticed that we're not like plot synopsising this for the listeners, but this is this is Doctor Beverly Crusher in a gothic romance. <laughs> this is Wuthering, this is Wuthering Heights. Yeah, this is horrible. And and yeah, I, I mean, this is actually the first good argument I've heard for Sub Rosa ever is that Beverly's kind of sexy. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> You know what? It's, it's it's still skippable. You'll be like, oh, I watch want to watch Kate's McFadden be sexy? 
Um, yeah, I don't have to do that right now. She's um, milky, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, sons and daughters is is the real is the real thing right here. I mean, this is something that you don't remember watching. Yeah, <laughs> this is something that contributed to some kind of overall, you know, arc or something, and you don't remember exactly how it did. <laughs> All you remember is that Worf's son is awful. And Worf <laughs> never really totally hugs the kid. He just kind of like lets it go. He's just like, yeah, he sucks. In scene, it's sons and daughters. That's got to go forward. Vote <laughs> uh, for sons and daughters. Um, yeah, Sub Rose is fucking pile of shit. It's one worse track on this on this show for a reason. It's not a good episode. It has Beverly Crusher, which automatically knocks it to mediocre. Plain and simple, automatically knocks it to mediocre. And then it's bad on top of it. So, uh, yeah, I gotta go with Sons and Daughters. Because it's, it, it does serve a purpose. It does add to the, the texture that is Deep Space Nine, but it's completely skippable. You don't need it at all. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Sons and Daughters and Chris. See how it goes to art school. Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, Sub Rosa is a steaming pile. It wasn't that, it was basically a ripoff of an Anne Rice novel. That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Anyway, Sons and Daughters. You know, every time it's a Klingon episode, I get excited about it. Um, and this one turned out to be a little less stellar than the rest. You know, it, it, I think it was David Ivey that said that uh, Worf's son is uh, played by Keanu Reeves in this episode. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because he's just like, whoa, dude, whoa. But he looks strange time. like uh, the Batman dude. Christian yeah, Bale. he does. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm, I, there's really no reason to talk about it anymore because Subrosa is so <laughs> crappy. So let's go with Sons and Daughters. Uh, vote for Sons and Daughters, and Sons and Daughters is moving on through. We are on to our next fight, Todd. This one is yours. It is Galileo Seven from the original series versus Sons of Moog from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> this is a toughie. Uh, for me, in a way, because old Trek rarely, I mean, any of the old Treks were really tough for me to say, that's crap. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, meh, because uh, when it's crap, it's crap, but it's ah, original series stuff, man, I don't know. Uh, but Sons of Moog is really also kind of good in the way that it's, isn't that, that's Kern, right? Sons of Moog, right? That's Kern gets the memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> See, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, Jared's right. For this. Yeah, I know. See, I, I like, actually, I think that Sons of Moog is actually pretty good. And I, because I don't remember much of Galileo 7, even though it's old school Trek and I love, love, love it, uh, man, I don't remember it much. And I just watched it maybe. Uh, maybe six months ago, and I don't remember this episode. So I got to say it's meh because of the fact that Kern, I love Kern and Worf, and I love the fact that he, Worf stabs that fool right in the damn chest, commits murder, and they stop him in the middle of it. Or, you know, it's, ah, uh, I think that's a good episode. So I don't think it's a meh episode. So Galileo 7. Uh, vote for Galileo 7. Uh, Jared. Does, does anybody here watch uh, Supernatural? 
It's a uh, TV show yeah, with two brothers that, that like uh, fight ghosts and stuff. Right. Well, what's awesome is that uh, this character named Dean is like this huge Trekkie, and you wouldn't think he'd be the Trekkie. You'd think he'd be like the big nerdy, like weirdo brother. Mm-hmm. But it's actually Dean who's the Trekkie. And they had a point where um, they had to do some time travel to take mm-hmm. care of some business. And Dean said, let's Star Trek for this bitch. <laughs> and, and, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, in his personal life, he actually had like a, a girlfriend who had a kid. And uh, because it wasn't convenient plot wise, um, he decided to like consult an angel and have her written out of his life. And I'm only disappointed that he didn't say, let's turn this bitch. Damn. <laughs> because I think it would have been perfect. <laughs> because he's <Wait>. tricky. <laughs> he's just like, oh, you know what? Dude. This girlfriend thing and the kid ain't working. So let's just turn this. And, you know, that's, that's why I can't let that go. I, I can't call that mediocre. I got to call it bad Star Trek. I, I can't let that go through. Sons of Moog, seriously? They just, like, change his face and wipe his brain and, like, dump him in a shuttle and put him on his way. Man, that was was a a trip there. You took a 75-year trip on that one, man. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. I'm just saying that it's just terrible, terrible, terrible (laughs) trek. Um, Galileo 7, awesome. Galileo 7's got, like, the the big uh, crazy monsters with, like, the giant furry arms, and they throw (laughs) the giant spears. For real? This is going to be... No, this is Star Trek working. <laughs> this is not bad Star Trek. This is cool Star Trek. So I will, vote, I will vote for Sons of Moog and not Galio 7. Thank you. Wow. I'll vote for Sons of Moog. I like Sons of Moog. It's a fun episode. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, granted... Pitch. Uh, well, uh, uh, granted, uh, the second that uh, Worf joins the House of Martok, you'd think he'd try and get his brother back, but he never does. It was a way to write Kern completely out of the series. Uh, so that part of it is kind of mediocre, but I know I've seen Galileo 7. I cannot remember Galileo 7 for the life That's of me. That's problem with me, too. So I, I'm going to have to Here's- Giant Spears, that happens in like 15 episodes of the original series. You're going to have to be a little bit more specific and a little less mediocre. And I can't. God damn it. (laughs) I'm going to go with Galileo 7. Uh, Chris? You know, I started to say, um, you know, it seems like Worf has some relationship issues. He just like blows his son off, you know, his brother gets his mind wiped and his face changed. Starting to see, uh, starting to see a connection here. And the thing about uh, Sons of Moog, dude, his face looked the same at the end. I mean, people are going to go, "Oh, you're you're not Kern, you sure?" Right? I mean, it was just, dude. Uh, anyway, no, I, I got to be honest though. I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like Sons of Moog, uh, and the only reason I like it is because in the beginning. You know, he shows up and wants Worf to kill him for some whatever right, whatever Klingon right that, that was. And Worf just straight up does it. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Galileo 7, on the other hand, um, yeah. It's like every bad 60s show that wants to, wants to show strife. So they put people in a dire situation. One person thinks logically, and the, the rest of the group doesn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, like right. Spock is trying to get them out of that situation with logic and with reason. And, you know, he was right. 
but everybody else is freaking out and, 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 you know, being right. extra human. <laughs> so I've got to say that, um, that, well, you know, I just thought of something. Actually. I'm changing my vote, Chris. You were awesome. I, I think that, that you're right. You're right. Galileo dude, here's the great. thing though. Here's the thing though. Is oh. Galileo seven mediocre or is it bad? And then sons of Moog is mediocre. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of blew my mind a little. So Galileo <laughs> Seven, Galileo Seven was bad, <sighs> mm. and Sons of Oak was just okay. Ah, uh, I don't know. No. It's All right, not, dude, screw it. Spock's screw it. being a badass in that episode. A badass for the first first time outside of Naked Now for for real. Yeah, Spock's always badass. Yeah, when is Spock not? Yeah, he's. I mean. So, dude, can I go? Yeah, but, but all those kids that were watching that, and like, uh, you know, when their parents didn't know they were watching Star Trek, I mean, they were seeing Spock being awesome for the first ever time, for real. I mean, on that planet with the shuttle and those guys, Spock was being Spock, logical Spock, and getting through that, and that whole, that was like the first time that the whole Vulcan versus human thing was really coming to a head. I mean, for real. Galileo 7 yeah. is awesome. Wow. The thing is, though, the Star, Star Trek has a, has a way of making humans too human. Right. Or over-the-top human. And that, that, for me, that totally bugs me. Like, I can't watch that and go, would people really... I mean, people are crazy. Don't get me wrong, dude. There's a sale at Walmart for, for mops. They're killing each other over mops. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it just seemed it, it seemed very '60s, and it seemed way too overdramatic. Maybe if I saw it in the time where that was kind of the norm, and people just expected that kind of acting and that kind of storytelling and drama, I would have liked it a lot better. But seeing it now through through the filters I see it through, it just doesn't hold up. So, but it, I'm still in that conundrum though. Should it be Galileo Seven or Sons and Son? Or sorry, Sons of Moog. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Galileo 7 because I like something mode better. So. I'll vote for Galileo 7. Everybody said this was going to be easy to determine mediocre, mediocrity. <laughs> it is not. Dude, it is no, not. No, it's not. It's just uh, tough. Jared. <clears throat> this one's actually pretty easy for me. I'm, I'm a big DS9 fan. I like Sons of Mode. I mean, you know, like you said, Worf totally just stabs his brother in the chest. <laughs> I love your brother. Stab. <laughs> I know it's just it is a really stupid way of getting Kern off the show, but I mean, <laughs> Kern was asking for you to stab me. Okay. <laughs> Shank. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Galileo 7, it was cool to see Spock totally in command for the first time. No Kirk around, no bones around to lean on, just him. But I kind of saw enough of Spock being a badass in the pilot where no man has gone before, where he's totally willing to kill off Gary Mitchell. You know, he's a threat to the ship. Fuck him. Logically. But I don't remember a damn other thing about that episode. So I got to go with Galileo 7 as a mediocre one here. And Galileo 7 is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mr. Formby, this fight is yours. It is Frame of Mind from TNG versus Paradise from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I used to work Okay, now, uh, this, this is going to help me decide. Um, did Beverly Crusher write the play Riker's acting in? Yes. 
Frame like of mind goes forward. Frame of mind goes forward. <laughs> uh, vote for frame of mind. Frame of mind is one of those episodes that kept coming on, and I saw it a hundred times, and I hated it so much because I kept thinking it was the one where he, and that's what makes it mediocre for me, is I kept thinking it was the one where he was um, abducted by the Romulans, but they weren't Romulans. They were other people who, like, it, it there are two Riker episodes that are very similar, and uh, Frame of Mind is the one that I don't like. I like the one that has the, the weird kid thing at the end. So I, too, will be voting for Frame of Mind. Chris? You know, uh, Paradise is actually pretty good. You know, Cisco totally just doesn't back down in that episode. He gets put in the box, man. Mm. Yep. You know? That's the, so. that's the episode that made me love Captain Cisco. by the <clears throat> way. Mm. Dude, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Frame of Mind, you know, I don't actually hate Frame of Mind as much as some people. I thought uh, Jonathan Frakes really never got a chance to act a lot. And he, he, may, he may not be the greatest actor, but I think he did a pretty good job in pulling off that role. Um, but again, it is just kind of mediocre. You know, TNG had a really good way of, of uh, building up two episodes that didn't really conclude well. Um, and I love TNG. Don't get me wrong. There's some... There, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. But... You know, when you start getting into an episode, you're like, dude, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. No, it's not. So I would say Frame of Mind's definitely the more mediocre out of, two, out of the two, just because Cisco was hardcore in Paradise. Uh, vote for Frame of Mind. Mr. Bat. I'm going Frame of Mind. I mean, I love Paradise Lost. It was part of a really great two-parter. You actually saw the Federation at its worst. You get to see a hint of politics on Earth. But it's, but it's paradise. No, this is just paradise. Plain, straight old paradise. Wait, because uh, the only paradise you can find on Memory Alpha was like the Voyager episode. No, it's the one where they land on that Ooh. planet. Uh, Memory Alpha sucks uh, now. So this episode has Cisco and O'Brien on a planet where people don't use any technology. And, oh. Uh, and, yeah. oh, God, that episode. Yeah. Oh, God, I fucking hate that woman. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I just... Yeah, I know. It's, it's still a good episode. I just hate the bad guy so much. Actually, yeah, that one was all right. That wasn't too mediocre. It's just... I fucking hate that truck with I. Um, <laughs> as, as for as frame of mind, all I remember is Riker losing his shit. Otherwise, that episode's yeah. a whole blur to me. And frame of mind's really the... The less memorable. And looking it up on Memory Alpha, I saw that the writer was Brandon Braga. That already gets <laughs> points for me. So oh, I'm I, I want to know how many of these episodes Brandon Braga wrote. <laughs> well, most of the Voyager ones, at least. <laughs> Gotta be. He actually wrote several hundred for TNG, Voyager, and Enterprise. Yeah. No, no. I mean the ones that are on this list. I know, exactly. I just saw <laughs> names for a bunch of them. Most of them. Uh, vote for Frame of Mind. Frame of Mind wins it. Oh, wait, no. Todd, oh, <laughs> you get oh, a vote. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, it's, it's pretty pretty easy for me. I'm going to make the, the crazy move here and go Frame of Mind as well. Uh, I When I, I watched Paradise and I was like, I don't remember this episode. But when I watched it, I was, like Jared said, impressed by Captain Sisko's badassery. So Frame of Mind is just... Riker or Frakes getting to act 
quote unquote act. So in Beverly Crusher's play. In Beverly Crusher's play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Done and done. Frame of mind. And frame of mind wins in a clean sweep. We are on to our next Hmm? Sorry, I just I just noticed we just had two really sucky crusher episodes in there. There's more to come. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. It is the 37th from Voyager versus Rejoined from D Space Nine. Uh, I am automatically voting for Voyager. I don't remember the D Space Nine episode. I remember the Voyager episode. Uh, Voyager is almost always more mediocre for me. Just period. I will be voting for the 37th. Chris? Yeah, 37s. I recently watched that again. Um, I don't know, probably six months ago. Uh, or whenever it was that uh, that uh, Voyager and the rest got on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it's not good. And it, it's well, I should rephrase that. It's not that it's not good. It's just okay. Like the premise could have been very good, but the the way it was handled was just yeah. So I'm not even going to talk talk about the DS9 episode. It's got to be the 37. Uh, vote for the 37th, Mister Bat. You know the DS9 episode the. The best I remember it is the really hot lesbian trill kiss. <laughs> yes. The 37th was just such a missed opportunity. Amelia fucking Earhart. And yep. she's yep. there for how many seconds? Yeah. I mean, and, and they try to build up as a surprise that she's here. You know, oh my god, we're going to have Amelia Earhart in this episode, and they fucking show her name in the credits. So-and-so is Amelia Earhart. It's like, thanks for running the surprise, assholes. Yeah, it's an episode that starts off with Belana not knowing what shit is without a tricorder. <laughs> Literally. And Janeway has to tell her, it's manure. It's like, are you fucking serious? You know what shit is. And I'm sure you do it every day, unless they've gotten rid of that in the future, too. But it's just a mediocre-ass episode. There's nothing that really happens. It's one of those stupid pull the wool out from under your episodes where, oh no, are, are people going to stay on this planet or what? No, you know they're all going to stay on this ship. It's a foregone conclusion. 37s is just mediocre as hell. Uh, vote for the 37s. Todd. Oh boy, what can you say? I think you said it, you know. Um, Amelia Earhart or Lesbian Kiss? Well, boy, Amelia Earhart, I'm sorry. You're just too boring. Compared to a lesbian kiss. <laughs> Another vote for the 37th. And Mr. Formby, is it a clean sweep? It is not a clean sweep. Oh, um, shit. Here he comes. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that uh, there is a moment in the 37th where Janeway is speaking about the Star Trek ideal. And she is selling it like crazy. She's totally awesome when she's doing it. And then, of course, Kim comes in and ruins it because he thinks he's going to add to the scene. And that was horrible. <laughs> and I, I agree with you. Yes, let's put this on the list because Kim opened his mouth when he shouldn't have. But I'm going to go ahead and go rejoined forward because I'm actually liking Voyager more now these days. So I'm going to go with Voyager. Wow. A vote for rejoined, but of course the 37th is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. Oh, this is a mouthful for me. It is let he is who, uh, who let he who is without sin versus 
For the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. One is Deep Space Nine, one is the original series. So the TOS episode, um, for the world is hollow and the whatever it is. I can't ever keep, keep track of that title. Um, I actually, actually hadn't seen that, so I watched it specifically for this, uh, this podcast, and I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, right in the middle of it, I literally just, like, passed. Wow. Yep. So there you go. There's my answer. <laughs> for the world is hollow, and I am touching the sky. Uh, Jared. Is that me or the other Jared? Mr. Bat. Oh, okay. Um, it's another one for the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. Because what he is, who is without sin, is it's not mediocre. It's just fucking bad. Purely on the fact that it's a Rise episode. That right there deserves getting the offer killed, okay? It's a Rise episode. There's nothing else you need to say about it. Just, you know, if yep. somebody asked you, hey, what trick should I avoid? Rise up. Okay, thanks. It's just unmemorable. So I got to vote for The World is Hollow and I have touched the sky. Vote for The World is Hollow and I have touched the sky. Todd. Yeah, you know the 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 thing is, um, I I feel you on on the the Rise episode in the way that it's a relationship one, and that's kind of stupid, and it's got evangelical Christians in space, and that's kind of dumb. But it's also got uh, yeah. hot Dax again, and I, maybe I've just got a Dax thing going on. So, but unfortunately, McCoy uh, in the original series. That episode, yeah, it's pretty snoozeworthy. Uh, I think I also probably nodded off, and it was pretty strong daylight, too. So, yeah, I got to go for that one. For the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky, gets another point. Mr. Formby. Okay, um, gosh, I see the way this is going, and I think it's mostly <laughs> correct. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, you can't really... I mean, you can you can hate on um, let Hughes without sin, but yeah. you also have to embrace it because yeah. that's when you realize that Warp is a hardcore Republican. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they just like that's show true. it to you. Yep. They're like, is. yeah, no, check it out. These yep. are my values. <laughs> and you finish, and you're like, I'm disappointed in my friend, but you know it contributed <laughs> to the overall <laughs> canon, I guess. But uh, yeah, the the world is hollow. I mean. Dr. McCoy's de- horrible disease is just, like, taken care of. And, you know, it was cool that he was going to get laid, but, you know, at what cost? You know, he was so whipped by the end of that that, yeah, no, I can't even tell you what the story is. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> so I'm going to yep. go and put Let the World is Hollow go forward. Uh, and I will quickly make it a clean sweep because... I couldn't tell you anything about that episode. I, I, I just I know that the Deep Space Nine episode is pretty bad. I'm the one that put it on the list. I don't even know why. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Mr. Bat, this one is yours. It is Emergence from TNC versus uh, TNG versus The Unexpected from Enterprise. Ooh, this one's tough because I don't remember shit about either of these. Um, Emergence versus... Oh, what's the other one? Unexpected. unexpected. I know unexpected is the one where Trip gets pregnant. Oh, yeah. Emergence oh, okay, yeah. the AI of the, the ship and, and the, the uh, Enterprise gets its own thing. And 
Yeah, oh, what, becomes the, like a like a like a consciousness. Yeah, it becomes like <laughs> oh, a, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the ship becomes aware. Yeah. Oh yeah, Prospero. Prospero. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the Enterprise has a baby. I remember that one. Um, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Space thought, computer baby. I thought it was kind of. It was kind of cool because you know the Enterprise is actually doing something totally fucking unexpected. Uh, you always hear them talk about, oh, the Enterprise is like the character unto itself. It literally fucking is in this episode. It's a character. And it has a baby and dies. Hmm. Just like many insect species who only live long enough to have a kid and then die. Yeah. But other than that, it's, you know, it's really kind of unmemorable because it's a fucking holiday episode where they're stuck on a fucking train. And I don't know if y'all have ever ridden a train before, but it's boring as shit. And this episode <laughs> is perfect at replicating that. But... The other episode, of Mer- I mean, uh, what was the... Uh, the unexpected. Trip gets, Thank you. Gets the wrist. <laughs> that one's just funny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the, honestly, it's like the alien rapes him. Because, you know, she brings out their little mating box and she <laughs> tells him, it's game. And you can almost see her winking at what she says. <laughs> I actually thought that was the funniest shit episode Enterprise. That one I liked just on the virtue of it made me laugh so fucking hard. And I know they weren't trying to make it funny, but damn. So I I really have to go with emergence on this one. That one's really the episode where nothing happens. It you know, oh, the, the ship has a baby, but it's forgotten about. No one ever follows up on it. No one ever thinks, hey, maybe we should go study that fucking thing. No, it's just, oh, ship's pathetic kid, cool. Onward! It's, um, it's emergence, it's the media. Uh, vote for emergence. Todd? Yeah, I think, I think you just hit it on there. Uh, emergence is another reset button TNG, you know? They're so good at that, so good at making episodes that don't stick and don't stand and you never hear about it any, anymore afterwards. So it's perfectly normal, safe, boring TNG. Whereas unexpected is what I love about Enterprise. The it is unexpected and it was fun, and it showed the potential of how good Enterprise could be. Uh, all the cool shit that they could do and and just have fun with. And uh, I really, it just was a glowing example how I liked Enterprise. So for me, it's all about emergence as the mediocre stuff. Another vote for emergence. Uh, Mr. Formby. Uh, there, there, uh, there is some uh, great, great stuff going on in emergence. Um, with, where uh, Picard is championing this new life form, whatever it is, above all else. But I think we're going to get a little bit more of that like later um, on this list, on, in these brackets. But I'm going to go ahead and say that unexpected. Um, <laughs> the reason that I think it's here... Um, because I put it here, um, is because this is like the big sell when Enterprise was first coming out. It was like, oh, no, look how blown out we are and how ridiculously awesome we're going to be. Uh, in the third episode, a guy gets pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, um, no. And I seriously cannot even tell you how that got resolved. I mean, I know there were some awesome sets, and I know that it all happened in a holodeck, like him getting, like, impregnated, but I can't even tell you how it all like yawned out as far as the resolution goes. And it just wasn't as funny 
as I thought it should have been with the good old trip. So that's why it's here. And I'm going to go ahead and vote it forward. Unexpected. Uh, vote for unexpected. <sighs> These are both uh, kind of mediocre episodes, but one has something that the other one doesn't, and that would be Trip Tucker. I, I do enjoy the fuck out of Trip Tucker, and uh, it was funny watching him get pregnant. It was funny watching humans interact with uh, holodecks for the first time. I also cannot remember how it was resolved. I think Flox took the baby out and they put it into somebody else. I think that's what happened, which is basic reset button Star Trek, but sure. uh, Emergence <laughs> couldn't tell you two things about it. But And that's the thing about mediocre Star Trek. You remember really bad episodes. You're like, that's a pile of shit. I'm never watching that again. <laughs> Merchant is an episode that will come on TV and you'll start to watch it again because you don't remember it at all. It just completely <laughs> just left your head. Mm-hmm. And you watch and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Could have done something else with my hour, but that wasn't that bad. So, uh, I will vote for Emergency, just because I do enjoy watching The Unexpected, because I do like Trip Tucker. Uh, Emergence gets a vote for me, and Chris. Yeah, um, well, here's the thing, Emergence has David Huddleston as the conductor, and I don't know if you guys remember, he played the Big Lebowski in the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I shouldn't vote on that basis alone, but I do kind of (laughs) get the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I, I actually, Emergence is terrible. They go to New Vertiform City. What the crap is that? <laughs> and then they end up in New Vertiform City, and it's that freaking set from Universal, or wherever it was. I think it was Universal. That, like, downtown set with where the, the curbs are five feet too tall. So every time you see that set, you know that they just copped out and put it on a set. No matter what show you watch, no matter what movie, you know that set. Um, I thought they were recycling a piece of the action from original series. Yeah, it might have actually been. Might have been. But uh, (laughs) then the the cab just shows up out of nowhere and, you know, Data stops it, stops the cab, and it's in there burning up its (laughs) (laughs) way. Yeah. (laughs) Emergence is is definitely mediocre. I wouldn't call it terrible, but you watch it and you're just like, what did I just do for 45 minutes? You know? And, And unexpected, I actually... I, you know, first time seeing it and watching it again recently, um, I thought Connor Trenier did a pretty good job of playing embarrassed throughout that episode. Like, he had a hard time with the whole pregnancy thing and having to wear a different shirt because he's getting <laughs> pregnant. and You know what I mean? It just was kind of funny to me. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he did that well, and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, definitely Emergence, dude, because, you know, next up, New Vertiform City. <laughs> uh, vote for emergence and emergence is going on through we are on to our next fight it's the first unknown fight of the evening uh it is star trek insurrection yes the movie versus uh karen's pick uh one of our pan- planets is missing from the animated series. Oh, my God. I, I can't remember the episode. I, she told me, too. We had, like, a 15-minute conversation oh, yeah. about it. But, Todd, that one is yours. Holy shit. I have, I have to look this one up. I don't even know the animated stuff. Well, all right. Yeah. No, I don't. Actually, I don't really. Because Insurrection, it's tough for me. Because I really, when I saw Insurrection, it wounded me. It wounded me mortally. And I was... I was forever destroyed by Trek movies, and I was like, you know what? 
what the hell is going on here? Why, why, why is, why are these movies so awful? And I hated it, but it's actually not horrible. There's some fun in it and it's a little hammy. Star Trek four, Star Trek five ish next gen's version of that. But there's some coolness. There's some okayness at least, I don't know anything about the animated thing, so I just I can't make a judgment. So I got to push Insurrection forward because I just don't know that episode. A uh, vote for Insurrection, Mister Formby. Man, Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> it's it's you know I mean it's like Michael Pillar had like this thing in his head that I think was going to be really awesome, and it was like. I'm going to go and uh, write this movie that you've all asked me to because I'm Michael Pillar and I'm awesome and I made Deep Space Nine. <clears throat> and here's what I made. And, like, everyone, like, hated it. And they're like, actually, no, I think it should be more of a romp, is what Patrick Stewart said. It should be a romp. We were so serious last time with First Contact. So what we're going to do is something silly. <laughs> Which is why I think actors should not be involved in this Star Trek writing stuff. Because Michael Pillar had written a story where it was going to be like basically Apocalypse Now. Yeah. He was going to have to like infiltrate the Baku culture and get up close to Data to kill him. And I was like all awesome like that. And like Patrick Stewart was like, no, nope, no. Nope. So we got what we got, which is Michael Pillar just basically turning in his homework and conforming, and we're all yawning at it, like, oh, why did they do that? Well, I'll tell you why, because Patrick Stewart said so. So I'm going to push the animated series forward, because I don't even know what that was, but I better. definitely know that there was more passion and interaction than what we saw. <laughs> and I'm sorry, guys, it was, it was the Patrick Stewart actor, the, the Picard actor, he ruined everything. Yeah. So animated series forward. Uh, vote for the animated series episode. Um, Insurrection is a really, really bad two-part episode of Star Trek. That's that's why I dislike it. Yeah. That's what annoys me about it. Um, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think in my head right now, and it's so hard, because one of our planets is missing is a planet disappears, and they find a gas that it turns out was eating the planet and it turns out to see I can remember it now and then it turns out that the 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 gas is actually sentient and it, they can talk to to it but insurrection is a star trek movie and it is the lowest stakes of all the star trek movies the stakes couldn't be lower. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I... <laughs> and all the other ones... sanity. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> all the other movies, Earth is going to be destroyed. You know, Vulcan is going to be... Something big is going to happen. This Crush one is... boobs are bigger. I mean... I don't... <laughs> they weren't bigger. They were about 300 people. <laughs> right. Exactly. The stakes are very low. Yes. Very low. If Jordy got to keep his eyes, that would have been sweet. But otherwise, right. fuck that movie. It, it, is, <laughs> it is a mediocre two-part episode, and I will be voting for Insurrection. Uh, Chris? You know, I love it when Jared does an impersonation of Patrick Stewart. It is just awesome. <laughs> Dude, when I do it, he's like, you know, saying Govna and Chip Chippery and... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, dude, Insurrection. Okay, so I, I, I took a look at our, our list here of episodes. And I don't see Gambit Part One and Part Two on here. Mm. Okay. Boy. Oh God! Damn Insurrection. It. Suck. 
Dude, insurrection <laughs> is just like Gambit, but with a much higher budget. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It is Picard doing something that nobody really cares about. You know, the only thing that that insurrection doesn't have is that like fifteen armed lady who smokes cigarettes and plays that crazy keyboard. <laughs> anyway, I don't I don't know that that animated series episode. So whatever, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> insurrection is mediocre. It is the epitome of mediocre. A uh, vote for insurrection. And Mr. Bat, who just fell off the call again. Oh no! No, no, it's all right. It'll 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 call him back. If they fell off the call, I think it, you're still there, Mr. Formby, right? I am, and okay. I'm thinking about changing my vote to Gambit. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I was amazed that wasn't on this show. I can't believe it now either. Like, I oh forgot God, all about Gambit. it. Well, that's two parts to it. I forget. I thought it was only one part. Wow! But that was a two-part epic. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm Galen. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to remember the name. That's awesome. And then they end up in that space junkyard where the Enterprise just has to like hang out because you know there's always tons of galaxy-class starships in a space junkyard. (laughs) And, and it all feels so much bigger than it is. Yep. <laughs> like, it's something like epic, like, Indiana Jones meets Captain Picard meets, like, I don't know. Wait. Uh, the Goonies. Yep. <laughs> so. There should be zero galaxy-class starships in a junkyard. Yep. Because <clears throat> when you think about it, the, the Enterprise itself is, what, four years old at this point? And it's, like, the third or fourth one off the line? There shouldn't be any in the junkyard. None. I like how they can just power it all down to where it can't be sensed. Yeah. There's, like, 1,200 people on this ship, and they're just like, oh, let's kill the lights. Kill the lights, guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's jump back into this and get Mr. Bat's fight. Jared, Mr. Bat, uh, Insurrection versus all, one of our planets is missing. Which one is your vote? Uh one of our planets is missing. Actually, kind of looks interesting. It, you know, Enterprise versus giant living space cloud. I know that's something that's probably been done before, but it looks actually kind of interesting. Insurrection, on the other hand, was ugh. It, it. It's just a big blob of gray, really. I mean, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just kind of there. You know, it's it's just kind of like a clusterfuck of nothing, really. I mean, it's it's based on an idea that that Berman literally just picked off of a chalkboard. Like, hmm, what have we not done in Star Trek yet? Oh, found the youth episode. Cool, that's our movie. So I gotta go for Insurrection as the most bleh episode. Dude, and that animated little like animal that kid had, and they built up the drama that he couldn't find the little animated. Oh, dude. Oh God. Yeah. Yes. See. See? It gets so much worse. <laughs> was that in Gambit? Insurrection nope. is more like a bad movie. Then. I think it was in both, dude. It's an insur- <laughs> There's no kid in the Gambit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, uh, it is in Insurrection. Anyway, on to our next fight. Mike is joining us now. It Hello, is everybody. Vanishing Point from oh. Enterprise versus Final Mission from TNG. Mr. Formby, that one is yours. Okay, um, I, I remember both of these episodes. They're both kind of intense. I mean, I understand why they're on the mediocre list, because they have obviously big failings, um, the two of them. 
But I'm going to vote Final Mission forward only because it does not have the super awkward conversation between Archer and Hoshi's father <laughs> going on in the background. <laughs> like, what? What? Why are you talking? What? Why don't you call me later? What do you, what do you mean, family? <laughs> making me laugh so hard. I it. So, because, because Vanishing Point made me laugh, I'm going to have to go oh, boy. vote forward the dramatic final mission. Uh, vote for final mission. I will admit that I don't remember either one of these at, at all either. And I didn't, I didn't even take the time to look them up. That's how fucking lazy I was. <laughs> also, I was hanging out in Texas, so it was a little difficult for me to do it then. Um, I don't remember either one. Thanks. I'm just going to go with the safer bet and say that the TNG episode is more mediocre because there's more mediocre TNG than anything else. So I'm going to go with Final Mission. Chris? You know, I've seen both of these, um, and I'm pretty sure I've seen Vanishing Point most recently. But reading the synopsis on Memory Alpha, I don't remember it. Like, it's, it seems so generic, and I honestly don't... It, it doesn't even ring a bell. Now, Final Mission, on the other hand... You know, it's a shame that Wesley's final mission didn't show up sooner than that. Um, <laughs> although I got to say, the guy that that played the um, the um, freighter captain, the shuttle pod captain, uh, he also played Bilby in the uh, the DS Nine episode. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one where where Miles is infiltrating the Orion Syndicate. And that's a good oh, episode. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That has nothing to do with my decision. I just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> um, so let's go. Jeez, on on a level of mediocrity, I would probably say Vanishing Point because honestly, I don't remember it. Final Mission to me is just not great. Every time Wesley Crusher delivers a line, mm. he either looks stunned or like he just <laughs> smelled something really bad. <laughs> so let's go with with uh, Vanishing Point. Uh, vote for Vanishing Point. Mike, you know I uh, I had not seen Vanishing Point before uh, this. Uh, I got this list. Um, I, I had not seen that many episodes of Enterprise, and I think this is second season. I think I missed the entire second season. Um, but in any event, I, I decided on a few of these that I had not seen to go check them out, and uh, and so I checked this one out, and I, I knew nothing about it. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like. This is reminding me of that episode of Next Generation where Beverly is trapped in the war bubble, whatever. Uh, and isn't that on this list? Yep, it is. Yes, it is. And it also it reminds me a little bit of the one where uh, Roe and Jordy are ghosts. And isn't yep. that also on this list? Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, it is. So it is. I was kind of like, this is really weird. Is this is this sort of like the go-to mediocre storyline? Mm-hmm. They do and, it in Stargate, um, too. And and so I you know I started watching it and um and by the end of the episode I actually wasn't watching I was reading a comic book and I was like wow I <laughs> I completely lost interest in this show. and uh, and then one of the other ones on this list that I watched the same thing happened I'm like wow this is we really did pick some mediocre episodes so because uh, Vanishing Point is fresh in my in my head and because and I don't know if the other ones have gone on since uh, I just got here um, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for that. Because uh, it's kind of a, it's almost a go-to mediocre episode. A vote for Vanishing Point. It's all tied up. It comes down to you, Todd. Which one takes the win? Boy, 
now that I've been I've been listening to all this stuff, and it's tough because I'm I'm in, I've been going back and forth because for me, Vanishing Point is a really bad episode because it's the oh I woke up episode, you know, uh, and I hate that. And for me, that's bad, sloppy, bad, horrible TV. But damn you, Jared, for me for pointing out the fun and the weirdness of it with the weird Hoshi dad trip or uh, captain talk, which is pretty, pretty comical. Uh, and I love Hoshi and I like to see Hoshi do stuff. So it was kind of cool that way. So it became better than I, than I remembered uh, just because of that. And final mission is pretty average. I mean, it's, this is Wesley's, Big chance to go on an away mission with the captain. It's his final thing. is going off to Fleet Academy. It's big. It should be big. Uh, Picard, of course, is not going to die. He's dying, and you know he'll be fine. And the Bilby guy's an asshole, so you know he's going to get killed. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty obvious and kind of boring, and so I have to go final mission. <laughs> I'll vote for Final Mission. And once you gave that quick refresher, I remember the the episode completely, and <laughs> I am reaffirming my vote for Final Mission. <laughs> <laughs> and we are on to our next fight. Final Mission moves on. It is Ethics versus Pathfinder. Ethics from TNG, Pathfinder versus Voyager. Uh, from Voyager, I don't remember either one of these either. But my 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 fail safe on this is if it's all, if Voyager's on here, it's probably a little bit more mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to insult Voyager most of this episode. Uh, unless uh, what what is ethics? Ethics is Worf uh, getting a sports injury on his spine, and then oh wait, yeah, ethics is way worse. That's a, a horrible giant barrel episode. falls on it. Yes, yes. no, and it no. off his back. Yes, that's what I, that was. What's so horrible about it? It's a styrofoam barrel, clearly. So yeah, I'm gonna go with ethics, Chris. You know, I actually kind of like Pathfinder, but I'm a, I like Reginald Barkley. You know, he. I think Dwight Schultz played. Um, nervous and um, unassuming, and you know what I mean? He was just really, you really bought that Barkley had social issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that he continued that in Pathfinder, and I thought it was interesting. This is when Voyager started to get a little interesting, as opposed to, okay, now we're 5,763 light years from home. You know what I mean? I, I just, I thought this was this was pretty pretty interesting. And the TNG episode where Worf needs a new spine, I mean, I don't know. It was definitely mediocre at best, and I just hate Alexander so much. doesn't matter if it's little Alexander or Keanu Reeves Alexander. I just, dude, I can't ha- I just can't hang with Alexander. So I'm going to go with, wait, now I've lost track of what I was going to say. Was I, yes, I'm going with ethics. I was like, did I say the Pathfinder was better? I don't know. Anyway, ethics, dude. It's so confusing because it's all very mediocre. Uh, vote for ethics, uh, Mike. You know, Pathfinder was the other episode that uh, I watched just before uh, we did this, or actually last night. Uh, and again, it was one that I just sort of stopped paying attention to, and and it actually disappointed me because uh, you know when I saw that it was a Barkley episode, and then saw that uh, you know Deanna Troy was in it, I thought it was I was kind of like, wow, I love Barkley, I I really should enjoy this, but then we get another. Barkley with holodeck issues, and you know it, it's kind of like 
Well, we've given up trying to be Voyagers, so here, let's do some next gen. Maybe people will like that because they don't like us. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, it was just kind of like just this sort of weak swing. And ethics, uh, I don't think ethics is, is mediocre. I think it actually crosses into bad. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm going to use that a lot. If, if I think something is a horrible episode, it, it can't be mediocre. Mediocre is like, well, I'm not going to change the channel if it's on, but I'm not going to pay that much attention. And uh, for me, Pathfinder is a little bit more of that. Uh, vote for Pathfinder and Todd. Yeah. Um, I... When I when I I rewatched Ethics again just to ensure that it was what I thought, uh, you know, I yeah, thought well, of Shades of Grey and I thought of all the other <laughs> all the other great, you know, this guy's on the operating table. Will he make it? Of course he will. Episodes of TNG. Um, I didn't want to like it right away, but I saw Rondi Moore wrote it, so I was like, okay, I'm a I'm a I'm a Rondi Moore guy. I kind of like what he does a lot of times, especially with the Klingon stuff. And Worf, you know, he gives him some dimension. And I kind of like what happens between Dr. Crusher and the kind of evil doctor that saves Worf. And it's more about them than it is the Worf story. So when I saw that, I was like, you know, this is actually a little more interesting than I remember. Because I remember it being kind of just, enough, like I said, another of our TNG guys on the, on the slab getting carved up and he's going to be fine. But in the end, it was a Crusher episode about her confronting uh, an experimental kind of, uh, you know, pushing the, the crossing the line doctor. And it's kind of interesting that way. So that was cool to me. And Pathfinder is the next gen trying to spice up Voyager, which is actually not very interesting. And so I'm also not very interested in that episode when I watch it. I, I, I tried to watch it again, too, and it was just I was looking at other stuff. So. I was not as, as enthused, even though I do love me some Barkley, but I don't like me some Troy, so that cancels it out, so it makes it mediocre. So, Pathfinder is... <laughs> uh, vote for Pathfinder. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Jared. Which one takes the win? Troy cancels Barkley. That is the best geek logic I have ever, ever heard. That is so fantastic. Oh my god, okay, so Pathfinder, I think, is going to have to go forward because it is just so obtusely mediocre, but Ethics can't go down without, like, a quick shout-out to the fact that, like, they bring on this crazy doctor to work on Worf, and she just, like, up-kills a Federation citizen, (laughs) and no one cares. (laughs) Like, no one does anything. She, like, straight up, like, does an experimental procedure, and, like, a dude dies, (laughs) and, like, the car doesn't come in and go, well, excuse me. Like, nothing happens to that. And I'm like, is anybody watching this? I mean, does anybody care? <laughs> it's like, everyone feels so humdrum. Actually, I've talked myself into voting for ethics. I'm going to put ethics <laughs> You're voting for ethics now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> vote for ethics. Uh, you're going to love looking at the sheet for this one. Uh, Ethics is moving on through. We are on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is The Child, which I'm assuming is from TNG, versus All Good Things from TNG. Dude, The Child, really? <laughs> wasn't that... No, no, correct me if I'm wrong. But wasn't that the the opener for season two? two? 
It might be it's Pulaski's first. Yeah, totally. Season two's opening. Yeah, really, we're going to come out of the box with the chuck. (laughs) Oh, dude, and that kid with the. uh, Okay, maybe I just have an issue with child actors. I'm starting to see a pattern here. I like all good things. Um, So, out of the two, the child's definitely mediocre. And and you know what? Honestly, it's not even just mediocre. It's terrible. So. Although you know, over the years, I've actually gone to, I, I've, I've grown, should say, uh, to appreciate Doctor Pulaski. At the time when I watched it, you know, whatever it was in '88, um, yeah, she, she really annoyed me, and I wanted Doctor Crusher back. But dude, I thought Doctor Pulaski actually made a pretty good Doctor, and I liked her, her like antagonism with Picard and with a lot of other people. It was kind of like Doctor McCoy, but that really doesn't have anything to do with this geek fight. So, but anyway, yeah. So the child. Oh, vote for the child. Uh, Mr. Ortiz. This, this is actually quite tough for me because I, I, I think the child is, is just bad. It's not mediocre. It's horrible. So, so that would make me vote for all good things. But all good things is not mediocre. Uh, all good things is awesome. Uh, I voted for all good things. I was one of the few who voted for all good things and best of Star Trek. So neither one of these is mediocre, but one of them is really painfully bad. <laughs> uh, and, and that was the one that was a recycled Star Trek Phase 2 script because there was a writer's strike, I think. And, um, but I don't want to vote for all good things for, uh, for <laughs> mediocre because, you know, that's, it's kind of like almost voting against it. It's, it's, a, it's a Kobe Ashimaru. It's a no-win scenario. It either goes out in round one again or I declare it mediocre. So, despite myself, I'm going to vote for the child. Uh, vote for the child. Todd. Oh, man, that's too funny. Um, you know, the child is bad, and all good things is a less than stellar way to end a very good series. So, all good things. Uh, vote for all good things. Mike. That's oh, right, Jared. <clears throat> um, this is the thing about all good things, and this is what I've always been wanting to say, especially to Mike Ortiz, is like a huge all good things fan, and to all Star Trek fans, just swear up and down, this is the greatest, greatest, greatest story ever told for the Next Generation crew. It's just that the whole thing happens. I mean, when you look at it, it all happens because Picard is having like a personal journey with Q. And, like, I guess the Q continuum has decided to, like, somehow kill off humanity, but Q loves humanity and doesn't want to see that happen. So he grabs his favorite French guy and goes, hey, you know, I'm going to help you through this. But for, like, most of the story, he's just like, well, I'm not really helping you. you you got to kind of fumble around in the dark like this. And, like, he gets really frustrated and then, like, finally they go back to the beginning of, of humanity. <laughs> and, and Q goes, well, actually, this is what's happening. And Picard goes, oh. And then, like, something happens, something happens, something happens. And the whole thing ends up with them playing poker together. And Picard does, like, the sweetest, coolest thing ever. And that's actually, I think, why most people love this episode is because it has the greatest ending ever. But to get there, you have to dismiss the fact that Worf and Troy are together, <laughs> and, and they're holding hands, 
<laughs> and and then you got to go forward with this whole thing where Picard basically cannot figure this puzzle out without Q helping. So I, I just, it's, for me, it's flat. I, I, I can't. I'll, I'll put the child back and put all good things forward for that. Uh, vote for all good things. It is all tied up, and it comes down to me. <laughs> um, the Child is not a good episode. <laughs> it's an awful episode. It's a terribly bad episode. And after watching All Good Things hundreds of times, and I, I do mean that literally, it played hundreds of times in Star Trek The Experience in the retail department, hundreds of times. Yes, I could look away, but it was on a giant screen. And what was I? What else was I supposed to do? Help customers? No, I watched that damn episode. And the more you watch it, the more glaring the flaws become. Uh, and it is just an episode about Picard and Q, which I guess is okay if your favorite character is Picard, mm-hmm. or if your favorite villain is Q. If your character isn't Picard. It falls flat because it's all about Picard. It's cool that O'Brien shows up. It's cool that all the other people show up that they that do. Uh, but it's still a mediocre episode, and Jared's right. That ending is badass. Uh, what is it? Uh, Aces and Wilds are, are wild or whatever. The sky's the limit. And sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. That's just great. But I will be voting all good things through. Also for spite, just to spite Mike. Oh, man. a little late. And all good things is into the next round. Fight. No, no. I I guarantee you the next one is going to take it out. Shit. Uh, Next fight is yours, Mike. It is the next phase from TNG versus Heroes and Demons for Voyager. Either one of those is definitely more mediocre than all good things. Uh, Again, I... I think Heroes and Demons, uh, this is a Beowulf one, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I think that slides down that slippery slope into bad. Uh, next phase, I don't think was was bad. Um, I actually enjoyed uh, many parts of it. And that's one of the things that we, I don't know if, if you had mentioned this, this theory before, Damon, that uh, sometimes a mediocre episode is one with a, a cool idea but either that cool idea is just not executed particularly well, or that cool idea is featuring a character you don't like. Um, and I think this is a good example of this. I never really liked Roe at all. Um, I thought this kind of premise was neat, and I don't have a problem with you know, the fact that it, it wouldn't really work and they'd fall through the bulkheads, and a lot of people question the science of it, but I love Star Trek science, so I, uh, I don't really care about that. But at the end of the day, it's just sort of dopey, and then there's a freaky alien that looks like a Romulan, and there are babies that are hatching in a warp drive, and, you know, it gets a little too kind of weirdly Star Trek, I guess. Um, but it's not horrible, and uh, a holodeck, actually, by the time I think they got to Heroes and, and Demons, I was mostly over holodeck stories. So I'm going to vote for next phase. Uh, vote for the next phase. Todd? Yeah, the it's interesting because, like, this mediocre thing is really kind of, for me, like, it's really kind of balancing what's good and bad of things to see if they kind of even out. And uh, the thing that's interesting for me with what I, the first one I thought of here is Demons. I thought, wait a minute, why would I put this on here? This is a bad episode. It's another holodeck. I hate holodeck episodes for holodeck's sake, blah. But what's cool about this episode is, 
even though it is holodecky, is that the docks, it's the docks first away mission, quote unquote, away mission. And it's, it's development of the dock. And the doc is one of the best characters in Voyager. So, uh, it, it actually, because it's bad, because of everybody getting stuck in a holodeck, the good of the dock cancels it, makes it medium because I think the next phase is actually cool and it's cool not only because of the concept, but it's cool because Roe and Roe thinks she's dead and it's kind of this Ronald D. Moore meditation on religion and all that kind of bullshit, which is kind of fun. So I think next phase is actually a better episode. So here's in demons is actually not a horrible episode. And I push that forward. Uh, vote for heroes and demons, Jared. Oh man, between these two, um, ah, I feel like uh, like um, heroes and demons is like more necessary. If you're a Voyager, if you're into Voyager, it feels like more like a big contributing factor than the uh, offering that is on the TNG side of this. I mean that that story. I mean it's okay, it's fine, and maybe it should go forward under this definition. And the other one feels like it actually does more for the Doctor. So mm. it almost feels like it, it's inappropriate to push that forward on Mediocre yeah. Trek. But I would be lying <laughs> if I did not feel like I wished <laughs> the next phase was actually the episode Identity Crisis. But what? I'm going to go ahead and vote it forward. <laughs> what is Identity Crisis? Identity Crisis is that one where Jordy, like is like turning invisible. Oh, no! <laughs> Sitting around in my holodeck, like yeah, those blue face. Oh no! What's that? No one knows. It was horrible. Oh boy, there is so much. Yeah. yeah. Oof. I'm gonna put the next phase forward. Uh, yeah. Vote for the next phase. Uh, I love the Doctor. One of my favorite characters. So I really shouldn't vote against him here. Actually, I guess I should vote against him here, but. Uh, yeah, next phase, I don't like the next phase. I find it to be a very boring episode. It's one of those episodes where you see a TNG marathon is on, you're like, oh, cool, let me let me see which episode's on, and it's the next phase, you're like, fuck, really? <laughs> I've got to sit through the next phase to get to maybe a cool episode. You look forward. <laughs> but, but you're like, ah, Jesus Christ. But there's so, so many toy episodes, though. What? So many, there's so many... Bad ones that you could sleep through. I mean, yeah. Next phase phase ruins a whole marathon for me because I will change the channel, and if something else cooler is on, guess what? I'm not watching Star Trek anymore. So I'm going to vote for the next phase. And uh, let's see. Chris. Okay, so, yeah. There's really no competition here. Heroes and Demons. I barely remember. I remember not being a big big fan of it because I'm not a huge Beowulf fan. Um, I don't know. Maybe people are. I just it never resonated with me. Uh, so the next phase, definitely. I mean, dude, really? Oh crap! People can't see us. Wouldn't there be some kind of log somewhere in the Federation databanks that talk about people being stuck where people can't see them, being out of phase? You think there would be like, okay, we like interface. Yeah, we need to stay away from this. <laughs> Whatever causes this, we need all ships need to stay away from it. Todd, this fight is yours. It is the learning curve from Voyager versus Rascals from TNG. Oh boy. 
Man, oh man. Okay, so learning curve is um, Tuvok teaching the Maquis to be good fleeters. And Rascals is the Ferengi try to steal the Enterprise with a bunch of kid Picards and kid Guinans and Super kid kids. kids. Super kids, yep. So, <clears throat> wow. It's funny because um, one of the Rascals is, is one of the funny ones for me personally because uh, as a Ferengi at the Star Trek experience, uh, I one of my, my part of my backstory was that I was one of the Ferengi that that was trying to take over the Enterprise and got <laughs> hypoed by Keiko, baby Keiko. So, baby Keiko. Yep. So that's that's how that's how awesome I was, you know. And so that was my that was me and my that was my my old my one of my Ferengi characters was that. So that so it's too funny to me watching it. I was cracking up the whole time watching it, thinking about all that kind of stuff, and. But really, Rascals is pretty pretty mediocre stuff. Um, Learning Curve also is pretty mediocre in the way that it's Tuvok teaching some Maquis to, to shape up and be cool. And you never see these Maquis ever again, except maybe the Chell guy, because he's a Bolian, and he looks cool. Uh, but it's just... And, and it's kind of cool because Chakotay... Uh, goes off on a Maquis dude. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, we're Maquis. We do what the fuck we want. And Chakotay's like, oh, yeah? We want to play Maquis rules? How about this? And he cracks him. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see Chakotay go off. But eh, it's really kind of boring. And the Ferengi, I always love, even if they are TNG Ferengi. So I'm going to put uh, the learning curve ahead. Uh, vote for Learning Curve. Jared? I, I, I can't put Learning Curve forward because I do have a, a strong appreciation for Voyager these days. Um, it's just too big of a thing. I mean, this is the episode that addresses everybody's problem with the concept. They're like, oh, well, you know, they never, like, fought on Voyager. They didn't, you know, they never got at each other's throats on Voyager. On Voyager, they all got along from day one. It's like, well, you know, Learning Curve. Well, here you go. This is this is kind of how that whole thing would be addressed. And isn't it boring? You know, like, <laughs> you know, shut the fuck up, dude. Voyager's awesome the way it is. Just stop, stop making it the Battlestar Galactica because it's not. Just embrace it for what it is. Boring. And wait, enjoy. <laughs> and wait, no, enjoy, no, no. Enjoy it is boring. It's as compact that is Voyager. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. I'm saying it is boring when they're trying to address these fan concerns, which shouldn't oh. even be concerns. It's yeah. like letting a, a, an actor write Star Trek. Just don't let a fan write Star Trek. Just let them do Star Trek, and it'll be fine. And maybe this episode's horrible, or maybe it's great, or maybe it's brilliant, or whatever. Uh, the bottom line is, is that like there's good Star Trek, there's bad Star Trek, there's medium Star Trek. And I think of these two, the medium Star Trek is definitely... The other, which I've forgotten the title of. Rascals. Rascals. Yes, Rascals should absolutely go forward because that episode, (laughs) why, why, why are they young? Why? I don't remember. How did they get restored? I have no idea. With Guinan. What happened? Down the bed. Yeah, they jump on the bed. I remember that image, but I don't remember why Ro went in there. Does anybody remember anything? Of course not. So <laughs> that's why I think Rascals should go forward. Yeah. Because it does not contribute to the spine of TNG. 
<laughs> learning curve contributes to the spine of Voyager, so it should be left off this list. Uh, vote for rascals. I'm going to be voting for learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why. Voyager has a habit of pulling up characters and saying, hey, this guy is on the ship. Look at this guy, and then you never see them again. There are 150 people on this ship. If you pull up a character, you're going to have to reuse that actor a few times. And they don't. And, and, and they very rarely address that issue. They only occasionally have background actors come back when they should actually have them coming back all the time. That should be a gig of, hey, if you got on Voyager, you're going to be coming in for background work a lot. Uh, and, and they just don't do that. And, uh... Yeah, fuck it. Learning curve, because <laughs> we're going to have a two-hour first round, so let's, I'm going to try and shorten Shit. it up. Uh, Chris? So what's the... what's the, the Is it tied up, or is it... Uh... No, it's not tied up right now. Okay. So, uh, Rascals, um, you know, their clothes shrank with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think they may have replicated a new clothes for them in the sick bay. Somehow. Do they? I think okay. so. Well, in my mind, their clothes shrank with them. <laughs> I thought so too when first I saw it. That's awesome. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Vote for rascals, <laughs> Mr. Ortiz. It is all tied up. It comes down to you. Um, you know, this is kind of tough because you know, again, going back to to what's mediocre. Um, but I'll tell you what's mediocre: Voyager. The show itself <laughs> was mediocre. Star Trek, and when you have. I mean that—that's the base. It's as compact. So if if learning curve is the spine of Voyager, then uh, I guess it is by definition mediocre. So learning curve. A uh, vote for learning curve and oh, learning written curve. in 1998. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, he wrote it last week. I remember <laughs> listening to him. On to our next fight, Mister Formby. This one is yours. It is Timeless from Voyager versus Bread and Circuses from the original series. There is no way, there is no way I'm going to let the Bread and Circuses outfits, which happen on the camera with those little, like, horseshoe ring things on, like, the cut-off sweat top. There's no way I'm letting that go forward for Mediocre Trek because that's awesome Trek. So, whatever the other one is. (laughs) <laughs> a vote for Timeless from Voyager. Um, let's see, Bread and Circus is... Uh, we could just jump to that easy logic of Voyager itself is generally mediocre. Uh, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little not love to the original series and Bread and Circuses. Chris? I kind of like both of these, actually. I thought Timeless was pretty all right. Um and Bread and Circuses is to me is pretty pretty darn good. That's pretty good TOS. Um, you know what's the deal with them going to uh, planets? That okay, great. You find a planet that's not as evolved as Earth, but they have the same history as Earth, but it's just slightly off. <laughs> I just I don't under, I don't understand that. But it, it's a good episode nonetheless. So this is going to be kind of hard for me. I'll try, I'll try not to drag it out too long. Um, between the two, uh, freaking a timeless, I guess, because uh, bread and circus is better, but timeless is still okay to me. It's not, I don't think it's mediocre. So, uh, vote for timeless, Mike. Uh, I'm going to vote for uh, 
bread and circuses actually for kind of the reason that, that you, you gave there is, you know, yet again, here's another planet, you know, one time it's Nazis and one time it's Native yeah. Americans and one time it's gangsters. And, you know, whenever you get these sort of go-to fallback plots, then it's like, what do we do this time? I don't know what backlot set is open. Um, <laughs> whenever you get those kind of episodes, uh, it really just sort of you know drags it down for me. And and this was probably my least favorite of of all of those. Um, although I'm not a big fan of piece of the action either. I know a lot of people like that one, but um, I, I'm going to vote for this one because it is that that sort of go to thing. And there's a weird Jesus reference in it. Oh yeah. And it's all tied up. It comes down to you, Todd. Which one takes the win? Boy. Yeah, when he just reminded me of the Jesus thing, boy, that was pretty rough. Although, the thing about Bread and Circus is, is that it's that it's that high-concept 60s kind of cool sci-fi, 60s, 70s sci-fi that, that you know, feels pretty good even today. And And I still remember that more then I remember why Harry Kim had gray hair and uh, why Voyager was under ice and why Jordy was coming back after him and trying to kill him. Uh, so in that way of the, the, the memorable kind of quality of it uh, and Romans and Romans and TV, I think that's a pretty badass idea right there. So I think it's a better episode than it is a, um, normal or boring or bad. Uh, so I would have to go with the uh, timeless here, here another vote for timeless and timeless is moving on through. We are on to our next fight. It is turn the, uh, well, turnabout intruders from the original series versus lights of Zatar from the original series. I will admit openly. I don't remember either one of these. Wow. Um, turnabout intruders. That seems like a cooler name than lights of Zatar. Lights of Zatar seems kind of lame. Uh, and would lead me to believe it's mediocre. So I will go with Lights of Zatar. Chris? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't remember either one of these. Um, I would thought I could search quickly to find something on the interwebs about it, but apparently I failed miserably. Um, Yeah, okay. Uh, Zatar. That sounds good. (laughs) Another vote for Zatar. Mike? (laughs) Uh, now, I actually remember both of these episodes uh, pretty well. And Turnabout Intruder uh, is uh, Kirk's ex-girlfriend takes over his body. And Lights of Zetar is Scotty Falls for a girl who's possessed by these lights that are from Zetar. So they're really not complex episodes. And they're really, this is the, the kind of, to me, the meat of a mediocre track. Because neither one I think is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um and and I do want to say one thing, just kind of strangely. Also, you know, kind of, I'll, I'll get to how this relates to this. To uh, a a good part of my problem with Voyager is because I've only seen most of them one time uh, while they were being aired. So I've never really given it uh, a good chance. Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, I I've watched multiple times. Uh, you know, I have I have a lot of those on DVD. Enterprise, I watched uh, a little bit of, um, but I really missed a lot of them. So uh, I, I I will say, in all fairness, um, I don't know Voyager well enough to really proclaim anything about over its overall mediocrity. But I do know these episodes very well because even though they're both really mediocre episodes, I've seen them many many times because. 
That's what you did back then, especially before there was any next generation. When Star Trek was on, you just watched it. You only had three channels. What are you going to do? So I watched them over and over again and was not impressed by either one of them. <laughs> but Turnabout Intruder actually has some crazy Shatner acting in it. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to give it the edge and vote for Turnabout Intruder. Uh, vote for Turnabout Intruder. Uh, Todd? Yeah, the, the big thing with Turnabout Intruder is that it's the end of original series Trek. That's the last episode, season three. That's it. And, of course, they didn't know that they were going to be done probably at that time, but what a meh way to go out. So, for me, it's pretty pretty clear that the way that you, you know, I mean, any, there, there are, I think, actually, there are, are bad ways to end Trek, and this is an okay to, way to end Trek. It's just not befitting of the series. So, because of that, because of the weight that it is, on the timeline, I have to put uh, Turnabout Intruder. Uh, vote for Turnabout Intruder. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Formby. Oh, man, I need some votes changed because the, the fact that Turnabout Intruder was the last episode of Star Trek, the original series, means that it, it shouldn't be eligible to be this kind of awesome stallion. I mean, it just shouldn't be. I mean, right away, you, everybody knows. I mean, it's already memorable. Because it's the last one. Isaac Zadar is a way, way, way better candidate for this kind of fight. Because what do you got? You got, like, some girl shows up, and, like, (laughs) Scotty's Scotty's crushing on her. (laughs) Like, you're not caring. Yeah. And, like, you know, she gets possessed by the lights from Zadar. And Scotty's worried. And he never does anything really that out of line for her or does anything really strange. And, like, the whole episode, like, becomes slowly, like, the most misogynistic thing Star Trek has ever given. It's like, run this thing like a 007 movie. I mean, I've never seen Captain Kirk refer to somebody as the girl, you know, before this episode. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, and all the other characters start referring to this woman as the girl. And I can't tell your name right now, but that's because they never said it. It's so weird. I think the life of Zadar is way more mediocre. I think that it's, like, really, really strange. I have no idea how it ended up. I know it involved that thing that they uh, put Con, uh, uh, that Con put Kirk in in Space Seed, that, that tube thing. Some with pressure, like the pressure chamber, I think. Yeah, that yeah. Pre- yeah, the pressure chamber. That was involved. But I have no idea if anybody survived or lived. But I do know there are Star Trek movies, so it must have turned out okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say, Lights of Zadar should go forward. Hell yeah. <laughs> and Lights of Zadar is moving on to the next round. We are in the last fight of the first round. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, it is an unknown fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is Remember Me from TNG. We were talking about it before. Beverly Crusher episode versus Chris Mitchell's pick that he didn't even realize that he picked it. Uh, he, he put it on the blog. So if you actually looked at the Geek Flight blog, you actually could have seen this a few weeks ago. It is Realm of Fear from TNG, uh, the Barkley Transporter episode where he kept grabbing onto the things in the transporter beam. Oh. So, Chris, that one is yours. Yeah, between the two, yeesh, Realm of Fear is pretty mediocre. I just remember Barkley being afraid of the, the alien he keeps seeing when he goes through the transporter. 
And, you know, I, like I said earlier, I like Barkley episodes, but this one is just not great. And what was the other one? What was the other option? Uh, that would be Remember Me, where everybody keeps disappearing on the ship and Crusher is inside a warp bubble. Yep. So, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but I actually like Remember Me. Mm. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's definitely not uh, not uh, uh, Gates McFadden's acting, but I don't know. Maybe I just remember watching it as a kid and liking it, and just I can remember that feeling of liking it because I, in all fairness, I shouldn't like that episode, but I do. So I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Realm of Fear. Uh, vote for Realm of Fear, Mike. I am going to go with Remember Me. Um, I actually like Realm of Fear. Uh, and like I said, I do like Barkley episodes. I think uh, especially, you know, getting them away from a, a holodeck problem, um, was, you know, was really kind of cool. And, and, yeah, it was sort of strange. I mean, maybe this is, it, it's also mediocre. Uh, it was entertaining. But I think it's a little bit better than um, Remember Me. And, and I actually kind of liked Remember Me when I saw it too, because I, I think I, I really liked this basic concept. Um, but I, I really, I, I don't like crusher and that just sort of brings it down for me. And, uh, yep. Yep. you know, it's, it's if, like, I think Dave, you know, Damon, we had actually talked about this. So it's like this exact episode had been a data episode. I would have loved it <laughs> because it wasn't, it was crusher. Trapped in the warp bubble. Like, no, they could have put anybody in the warp bubble. This was just when they're like, uh, give everybody an episode to shine because the show's coming to an end. Wow. And, uh, you know, because of that, um, you know, I thought it had a kind of a clever ending, but, you know, in the end, it's just not one that I really would go back to, but it's not one that I hate. So I will, uh, I will vote for Remember Me. Uh, vote for Remember Me. Todd. Yeah. Uh, Barkley dealing with the uh, aliens that are like kind of weird space transporter things or something. And his, I think well, I, I love Barkley and his fear of tech, even though he's a computer computer tech nerd, I think that's kind of interesting and weird and cool. And just the, that kind of self, that self fulfilling prophecy of that kind of, uh, phobia of tech thing. I, I, I dig that. So I always dig Barkley and it doesn't have Troy. So it doesn't cancel out. So that's good. Uh, and Remember Me is not worth remembering. It's very forgetful. So that one is what I will say. Uh, vote for Remember Me. Jared. Yeah, I, I have to kick uh, Remember Me out of this fight because it actually, I think it actually is a bad episode of Star Trek. And mostly just because um, they have to call up the Traveler. Ooh. To like figure some business out. Yeah, like, like nobody, nobody can get this shit done. They got to like call up the traveler, and if you need the traveler to help you resolve your story, you're probably writing some bad Star Trek. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and just, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and vote forward the other. And I'm yep. sorry, remember me, but maybe without the traveler, you could have had some points. Can't do it. A vote for Realm of Fear. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. Um, Bad trick. Yeah, remember me would have been an amazing episode. You put anybody other than Troy or Crusher in it. Because it actually would have been a horrible episode if it was Troy. Just plain and simple bad episode. <laughs> it bumps up to mediocre with Crusher because it was at least halfway interesting. I did enjoy watching it. It was fun-ish, 
but it was Crusher. I don't like Crusher. Uh, so, oh, hell, it, it had it been Jordy, Riker, Worf, Picard. And no uh, Traveler. Well, <laughs> I like the Traveler. He could call, uh, he's the what? intergalactic pedophile. Remember that. <laughs> he's got a rape van. <laughs> so uh, that, I'm going to I'm going to vote for Remember Me. <laughs> also because I'm the one to put Remember Me on the list. And Remember Me is going on through. We'll be back right after this and Alan's mailbag. The number one selling DVD game boldly goes where no one has gone before. Test your knowledge with Seed Star Trek Edition, available now. Beam up the adventure of all five live-action series and all ten classic movies in one ultimate challenge. Seed It Star Trek, own it today. This year, in Chicago, join Geek Fights Live on a special mission at C2E2. Investigate all Geek Fights Live shows, meetups, and hangouts. Your mission will be to rendezvous with your favorite Geek Fights hosts. Game and Shaw. Testcraft. Brian Townsend. And Geek Fights, most talented, most handsome, guest panelist, Alan. And what Geek Fights live event could be complete without the shark? Like our tease, bitches. For further intelligence, monitor all Geek Fights episodes. Imperative information can also be found at geekfights.net and c2e2.com. We'll see you in Chicago at this year's C2E2. It is time to get this party started. It is time for another exciting, exciting episode of Alan's Geek Fights Mailbag, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that is right in the mood here in the mailroom. Is it's just it is electric. The all the fellow Geek Fights employees are just so excited and so happy to be opening. Each and every fan letter and email we get from all the Geek Fights fans from around the world. And uh, just letting everybody know, this is a very, very special week because we got our first, our very first voicemail from one of the many millions of Geek Fights fans out there in podcast land. But sorry to be the, the bringer of bad news here from the mailroom. Due to an unexpected technical difficulty, that voicemail was lost and we were unable to recover it. 
I know, I know it's horrible. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, Geek Fight's most handsome, most talented, most loved guest panelist, Alan, has an incredible memory, photographic memory. I can remember virtually every second of that voicemail like, like I wrote it myself. And it went something like this. Hello, Geek Fighters. My name is Rachel. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I love your show. And the thing I love the most about your show is Alan. He is very handsome and very beautiful, and he has a very sexy voice. I started listening to your show way back when, beginning with Best Token Minority. I thought it was very funny. My favorites on that show were Melvin and Brian Townsend. I was disappointed that Alan was not on that show at that time. I am also a huge fan of any Geek Fights episode that has anything to do with Star Trek. I first heard Alan's beautiful voice back on Geek Fights' Worst Star Trek episode show. I thought Alan sounded hot. And what I am amazed about is why is Alan not on the best mediocre Star Trek episode. He is so beautiful and he is so talented. How could you not use him on a show this kick ass? Alan is great. I love the show and please put Alan on as many episodes as possible. Love Rachel from Portland, Oregon. Oh look, we're getting a call here at the mail room. My caller ID says it's Mike Ortiz from Geek Fights. I think I'll answer it. Hello, Mike. You're talking live to the mail room. Uh, Alan, we found that voicemail recording. Turns out it wasn't lost after all. Uh-oh. Thank you for calling Geek Fights. Press 1 to leave a voice message for the mail room. Hey, this is Rachel from Portland, Oregon. I'm calling in. Um, I really hope this message gets out to um, Mike and Damon. Love you guys. Um, ever since I heard Best Token Minority, I've been listening to you guys religiously. Love it. Um, I just have to say, though, what the hell is up with this Alan guy? Um, total, complete idiot. I cannot believe you guys are wasting your time having this asshole on your show. He's a total drunk. I guarantee you that old drunk doing nothing with himself and he's he's a total idiot brings down the whole show he's so freaking arrogant he thinks he's like so hot really come on dude get a life he needs to get a freaking life absolutely unacceptable anyways i hope you guys can get rid of him and his stupid geek mail segment totally not cool um so Mike, Damon, I hope you hear this, and I hope you do something about it, because this guy is totally bringing down this show, and I just want to hear the Geek Fighters fight. So, take care, and be good, and I hope to hear some of your crazy stuff going on soon. All right. Retardus, activate!
This is Ivy Blue from Slut on a Budget. You can find us at slutonabudget.net. And you're listening to Geek Fights. And we're back doing what we do every week, coming at you with Jared Form, trademark Jared Formby Geek Red. <laughs> uh, let's, who are we going to start with? We're going to start with you there, Todd, because you're new to the show. Todd, mm. what is your Geek Red? Well, let's see. I am a uh, video game designer, so I live the geek dream, uh, or at least the, the 12-year-old boy's geek dream uh, of making the video games. And I uh, love it. Uh, before that, I was a Star Trek The Experience character, uh, Ferengi. Worked there from the opening till seven years of its existence. So I guess that's my... Uh, I lived, lived La Vida Treca for a while. And, uh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose that might put me somewhere in the, in the geek cred pantheon in that way. All right, that's your geek cred. Jared, Mr. Formby, what is your geek cred? Uh, my geek cred is that I worked at Star Trek The Experience, and I was trained by Todd Agnello into the role of Ferengi. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that, because I love Star Trek, and I love uh, all of this, so yeah. Rock and roll! Mm-hmm. And Mr. Chris Woods. You know, Jared's got geek cred just, just because he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know Todd was uh, worked at the experience. So, were you there uh, during the Spock versus Q debate? Oh, Spock versus Q. Who's going to win? Yeah, who is going to win? That's funny because I think I talked win? to <laughs> That's totally yep. funny. So, so my yep. geek cred is uh, I run a website called Subspace Communique. Uh, it's a Trek culture site. We do a podcast. Uh, our most recent interview uh, was James Kerwin and Chase Masterson, and before that, we had our Armin Shimmerman, which was pretty dope. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's a really nice guy, super cool guy. Uh, but now also, I just we actually just launched a, a new uh, website called ByeByeRobot.com. It's B-Y-B, sorry, B-Y-E, B-Y-E, mm. Robot.com, cool. uh, where we sell licensed Star Trek fine art. So mm. be sure and check that out. Awesome. Rock and roll. Can and you get us a discount, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into my talisman. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, let's jump back into fighting. If you're still listening, we thank you because two hours for the first round is kind of crazy. Um, jumping back in, uh, it is Times Square versus Sons and Daughters. Mike, that one is yours. Hmm. Um. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with Times Square. Um, honestly, I don't remember Sons and Daughters that well, so it's a little forgettable. Uh, but Times Squared is definitely one of those, like, I didn't know if I saw it, and then I heard the description went, oh, yeah, I saw that, and I just don't remember anything about it. It's just, I know I saw it, I know the basic plot line, but uh, it just doesn't register with me at all, one way or another, so I guess that's mediocre. Uh, vote for Times Squared. Todd? Yeah, hmm, let's see. Uh, you know... I, I still, I know Jared doesn't completely, you know, he's he's my antithesis on this one, but I think Sons and Daughters actually does forward things in DS9, as is the structure of DS9 at least, more so than other Trek, where there's a continuing story that's always going. So i got to go Times Squared, because there's not really much going on. 
Another vote for Times Square. Jared. Oh, Todd, you called it so much because I cannot <laughs> let I cannot let Times Squared. Florida's <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> when, you, when you have two Picards walking down the corridor, man, they're like they're like hubba, hubba, hubba at each other. That's fine. That is fine. Star Trek. It is passable. I mean, I don't know why or what happened, but I will totally <laughs> be know. on that like crazy. Oh, Watch it because that's awesome. Sons and daughters. I'll tell you what, man. Zial, if she doesn't get to art school, I, I don't know what. I mean, yawn. So I, I am definitely pushing sons and daughters forward. Oh, vote for sons and daughters. Ah, it's so difficult. Because I honestly do believe that Times Square is just a bad episode. I don't even think it's mediocre. I think it's bad. Because when you do, uh, I don't remember it, but once you say something about it, I'm like, oh, fuck that episode. I really don't want to watch that episode at all. Uh, no way, man. With all that 80s music that, like, yes. like rises up, like, with a hell, hell laser, like, fire <laughs> kind of going on there, yeah. Exactly why I don't want to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to vote for Sons and Daughters as being mediocre, because it's still at least watchable. Like, I don't, I generally don't skip almost any Deep Space Nine episode when I rewatch that series, so I'll vote for Sons and Daughters. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chris. Which one takes the win? Wow, that's pretty tough, actually, because they're both pretty mediocre. Um, Sons and Daughters was that like the third or fourth uh, girl lady actress to play uh, I didn't want to sound I didn't want to sound too misogynistic there I said the girl I think that's the third and final Zial okay so that was Jerry Seinfeld's girlfriend from the lobster episode so dude, between the two, it is very, very, it's a very hard call, but just Picard showing up at the beginning and he's literally just like, you can't say anything. Uh. It's so bad as I right, dude. Uh, awesome uh, track. Dude. <laughs> Time squared. <laughs> and time squared is moving on through. Sorry. We are on to our next Boo fight. Is. Todd, this one is yours. Oh it is Galileo 7 versus Frame of Mind. Oh, boy. Well, let's see. Yeah, I, I would have to say that, uh, uh, boy, you know, Frame of Mind, it, it almost reaches into bad, but it's still, like I said, it's, it, it, it's Riker. Riker gets to be, he gets to do some shit, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm up to Riker. So I gotta say, Galileo Seven. It's still just so so. Uh, vote for Galileo Seven, Jared. I'm gonna make this really short. Um, I'm voting Frame of Mind forward because Beverly Crusher did not write Galileo Seven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> vote for Frame of Mind. Yeah, it's almost as much a Crusher episode as the uh, as, as yeah. it is a bad Riker episode. Oh, oh boy. And, uh, yeah, I, I gotta vote for Frame of Mind. God damn. Yep. It's, it's just so... Uh, it's one of those episodes I hate to... I can watch it, but it's... it's uh. <laughs> so, Frame of Mind for me. Chris? Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Galileo, Galileo 7. I just... I can't stand that horrible 60s drama. And it's not that it, I hate it, it's just so, like... It's so melodramatic, really, is what it is. So, 
I'm going to go with Galileo 7. Frame of Mind, I think, is okay, but now that you keep talking about Crusher writing that play, <laughs> I don't know. You know you know it's awful. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But... <laughs> it's um, so plain. Come on. Vote for Galileo 7. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike, with your first fight on, uh, first vote on this fight. Um. I uh, I am going to vote for Frame of Mind because I actually quite like Galileo 7. Um, it's a great ship. I had the toy as a child. Um, it's a pretty cool design. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a it's it's not that great a story, admittedly, but uh, you know this is also very early Star Trek, and certainly you know you know looking at what had had come before at that point, I think it's still pretty solid. And uh, Frame of Mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a very good example of, of mediocre. I actually don't hate it. It's not one that I necessarily change the channel to. But it is just kind of, you know, this whole, is he crazy or isn't he? Well, no, he's crazy because we've been watching the show for how many fucking years, and we know that it's not hallucination. <laughs> so all we know is some freaky alien behind it to get to the point. Yeah. Uh, but again, look, not one that I'm necessarily going to change the channel, but if it, if it came on one of those box head DVDs, you'd be like, Oh, well, this is in between two episodes that I'm watching, so if I hit play all, it may be on. Uh, I'll, I'll pretty much stick with that, because I really like Galileo 7 a lot. You know, if you Absolutely. watched Masks before that, you'd think Frame of Mind was fantastic. <laughs> God! <laughs> Masks. Oh, I, wish a, I wish there's a Frame of Mind playset now. <laughs> a vote for Frame of Mind. And Frame of Mind is moving on through. We are on to our next fight. Jared, this one is yours. It is the 37s versus For All the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to put the uh, For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky episode forward for Mediocre Trek because I seriously did. I watched it like two days ago. And I have no idea how it ended up, except that it was very convenient that Dr. McCoy was okay suddenly. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that is the more mediocre offering. All right, a vote for, for the world is hollow. Um, I, I know I was voting just straight up for Voyager every time, but uh, there, and actually I didn't do it every time, but I did do it a lot. Uh, you, you didn't do it enough for that statement. Uh, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're right, you're right. Uh, wow, you know what? Fuck it. I'm switching my vote. My spike kicked in. I'm voting for the 37th. Fuck you, Amelia oh, Earhart. Oh, oh, <laughs> Chris? Oh, you like Voyager? Dude, <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, I literally fell asleep in the middle of For the World is Hollow. So the 37th is definitely mediocre. It had good promise, but it, uh, yeah. But uh, World is Hollow, and I fell asleep in the middle of it. That's what they should change the name to. <laughs> I'll vote for the 37s. Mike. Wait, no, I thought I voted for the World is Hollow. I don't know. You didn't say. <laughs> I'll vote for the World is Hollow. There you go. Mike. Uh, I will also vote for uh, <coughs> for the World is Hollow because the... The 37 may have had some problems, but it did have, I mean, I, I really thought Landing Voyager was pretty sweet. You know, we, we they had talked about it. Um, here, that's here. where did that, right? Where they landed on the planet with the 37. Yep, hell yeah, it was. Yep. So yep. that was actually really sweet. I mean, maybe maybe the episode didn't pay off as well as as we, I, we had hoped. But, you know, also, that was such a great thing that happened in the middle of the episode. It's hard to follow that up. 
And it was, you know, it was a strange idea, but it was a clever idea, and it was really swinging for the fences. And, uh, you know, I think I have to give it a little respect for that. And the other one, um, I put it on this list, and I remember the episode, and I remember it's a McCoy episode, and I remember McCoy's going to die, but McCoy doesn't die, and then something about a weird mute chick. And that's all I remembered. Actually, when I wrote the synopsis, I had to look it up. You're, you're mixing the empath chick there. Oh, I am? Okay. So, yeah. uh, either way, I don't really Good remember call, anything Todd. about it, but I remember <laughs> the episode, and I remember McCoy. And, uh, and uh, it's really just sort of a blank, so I'm going to vote yeah. for The World is Hollow and I have Touch the Sky. And I really like the title, and the episode is just so un- unmemorable. Uh, vote for The World is Hollow and Todd. The world is not enough. The world is hollow. Done. And the world is hollow is moving on through. We are on to our next fight. It is emergence versus insurrection. Hmm. The ship has a baby. Or <laughs> the worst of the movies with the lowest stakes of Ooh. all the films. A mediocre two-part episode. Insurrection. Um... I think I'm going to vote for Insurrection. Come on, it's so fucking... Ah, that, that's, that's the problem with it. If it had come on during season 8 of TNG, I'd have no problem with it. None whatsoever. It would be an episode I might skip, I might watch, but it's a movie, and it should be better than that. <laughs> Chris. Dude, uh, New Vertiform City. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I think that Insurrection is a, is a gem compared to... And not a gym as in, you know, Emergence is terrible, but in the realm of mediocre, I think that Insurgence is better. I mean, I do have to say the Big Lebowski's in it, you know, um, but uh, that doesn't save it for me. So, Emergence. A vote for Emergence. Mike? Uh, yeah, I am also going to vote for Emergence. Uh, I, I used to really think that, yeah, Insurrection is just a mediocre episode, but I've actually watched it a couple of times. Um, partially because I wanted to give it a, a, another shot and, uh, I, I didn't really like it. And then it was on again recently and I started watching it and, uh, I had to shut it off. So it's, I think it's crossed over into bad territory for me. So I'm not even calling that mediocre anymore, but emergence, isn't that the one with the uh, peptide icing or something like that? Dude, you know, what's funny is that that's actually... That's like that's the first part of emergence in a way. Yeah. So, like, uh, so I'm. That's that's not that bad. I'll, I'll vote for emergence. I'll vote for emergence. Uh, Todd. Yeah, I've 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 started to think about my my time with insurrection, and I the more I think about it, the more I think how awful actually that is, and that's not a mediocre thing. It's a bad thing. So it must be killed. So emergence must rise to its mediocrity, and thus emergence. A vote for emergence and Jared. I, I I will cast my vote for emergence going forward because of the bizarro Prospero scene that kicks off emergence <laughs> <laughs> that never goes anywhere. <laughs> it's all hey, it's season seven. Maybe we should show off that we respect acting. What do you think, oh, Brent? I'm God. with you, Pat. And they do that shit. Uh, emergence goes forward. Uh, and Emergence does go forward. We are on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is Final Mission versus Ethics. 
Wow, you know it's funny. We get down to to the you know next next tier of mediocre, and it honestly almost becomes a, like just a, a flip a coin because we've yeah. really weeded out the bad and the good, and now we're literally left. I'm with, actually hoping this ends in a coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> is, is R2 still available? Can we actually see R2? Um, okay, so what were the choices again? Final mission and ethics. Yeah, jeez. I, mm, I, uh, I'm really at a loss for words here. Let's go with final mission, just because, yeah, it's really... It was I, you know they built it up to be oh this is Wesley's final episode and then it just you know was stillborn so there you go. I'll vote for final mission, Mike. Yeah, you uh, you said it. This is uh, this is really getting into the wow. This is I don't really know where to go with this. Uh, you know, it's it's Wesley versus Alexander on one hand. Um, I think that Alexander's probably a little worse. So that might drop ethics down, make it be a little bad. But the you know, final mission is uh, is Wesley Allen. It's another stranded on a planet story, isn't it? Uh-huh. So uh, yep. yeah, that's. Uh, I'm going to vote for final mission. I'll vote for final mission, Todd. Final mission, yeah, all the way. Because uh, I mean, ethics, like I said, at least it's got some okay writing by Ronald D. Moore, you know, like he's my guy and like even his boring episodes are at least interesting uh, for what they try to explore. Whereas Final Mission is just real pedestrian TNG. So Final Uh, Mission. A vote for Final Mission. Jared. I I have to put Final Mission forward because um, ethics is just too glaringly absurd. It's just too much. It is, watch the card in that episode. It is insane. I mean, if this does not stick out to you as something like, what the hell am I watching? And what is this guy about? I mean, the whole argument about, well, you know, he's Worf. He wants to commit suicide. Please respect his culture. You know, and then, like, Riker going off on him. And Riker still, and Picard still rocking this argument with every other character he meets. And then Picard dismissing the fact that that doctor committed murder, yeah. <laughs> murder on that one patient. <laughs> and, like, that never matters. <laughs> ethics is just so dumb. Just let it out now. Let's just put Final Mission forward. Well, Final Mission is moving forward in a clean sweep. I'm not even going to say anything about it. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is your baby, All Good Things, versus the next phase. Hmm, uh, I'm actually going to vote for All Good Things just because it would be nice if it won something. I'll vote for All Good Things, Todd. Uh, Well, you know, All Good Things, it may be not the best uh, Trek way to end the next gen, but I feel like there's enough fun that's happening where people are enjoying themselves because if they've been watching this this whole time, they get their Geordie, they get their wharf being a future wharf. They get all this kind of cool shit. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of fun nuts that you get as a a next gen fan. There's an enterprise. Cells. cells. 
Yeah, right? That's pretty dope. So there's some cool shit there. So it, next phase gets to be a little just pedestrian compared to that. So I would have to say next phase. Uh, vote for next phase. Jared. <laughs> I have to put next phase forward for uh, the argument that you said in the last round, Damon. Uh, where you said if that's on, you stop watching the marathon. <laughs> Done. That is a great argument. Next phase. Uh, vote for the next phase. Yeah, I could. You know, I I've watched all good things hundreds of times, and I could watch all good things again. Uh, next phase is so boring to me and so mediocre because it's not a bad episode. The first time I watched it, I didn't enjoy it. It's on those repeated viewings. It's, it's very similar to, uh, I'm going to say some bad words, episode one, where the first time I watched it, it was good, and then I picked it apart, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with the next phase. Uh, Chris? I was actually going to vote for um, All Good Things, because then at the end of whatever, or, or, or let's say it made it to all the way to the end, it would be an easy choice to put anything else up against All Good Things, and you could say... <laughs> Yes, this is definitely more mediocre than this. <laughs> but I, I guess it's probably not tied up, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, man. Okay, next phase. Like yeah, I, I, let's go with the next phase, because it truly is mediocre. Let's, I'm going to stick to my guns, because this is, this is mediocre. mediocre. So. Yep. I'll vote for the next phase. Plus, no all good things, no insurrection. There we go. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Insurrection's already out. <clears throat> so your your prediction is over. Uh, we're <laughs> on to our next fight. Uh, Todd, this one is yours. It's a Voyager battle. It is Learning Curve versus Timeless. Mm, let's see. So this is a tricky one because uh, I'm, I'm still kind of in the world that, that these characters uh, in Learning Curve we're done with, uh, even though the, the issue, like Jared said, is, is interesting in the way that how do you deal with these upstart unruly marquee guys and what do you do with that shit? Uh, I like that exploration, but it's still, like I said, because I don't see these people again, I don't care about them at the end of it. It's real mediocre trek in that way. It's real reset button, real nothing happens in that way. But, uh, and I am also, like Jared, I'm kind of a champion of, of some of the better parts of Voyager. I don't think it's a complete trash show. I think it's got a lot of goods as well as bads. Uh, but as far as, so hold on, learning curve versus timeless, yes. So timeless, though, is just, man, even though they bring back freaking LeVar Burton without his visor, without the hair clip, I still don't care. And... <laughs> Eric Kim's got, like I said, he's got his, his gray, and he's he's all badass, and he looks like kind of like uh, what uh, the guy from uh, Hero from Heroes. Uh, it's kind of he's doing his hero thing before Hero did it. Uh, it's you know it still doesn't make it a badass enough, and it's just kind of just so so and kind of interesting. But so yeah, I gotta go with the uh, timeless. Damn. Uh, vote for timeless. I know, Jared around, but this 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 fight really does suck because I do like <laughs> Voyager. So it's like, um, ah, do I put forward the uh, awesome like um, spine contributing episode, 
would yeah. I put forward like just Voyager being Voyager and being all twisted and strange and Timeless actually might be the one decent Brennan Braga story. I mean, I actually do enjoy Timeless, and I enjoy where it ended up. So, um, because I enjoy Timeless more, I would like to see it shot in the face and let Learning Curve go forward. I'll vote for Learning Curve. I will be voting for Learning Curve again, just like I said before, because they introduce characters that you don't see again on a ship of only 150 people, and they're there for seven fucking years. <laughs> you see them. It's annoying to me. So I'm going to go Learning Curve. Yeah. Chris? You know, you do oh. see Ensign Shell, the Bolian, again. He's in uh, Star Trek um, uh, Elite Force and Elite Force 2, the video game. <laughs> Nice. Ooh, I just pulled that one out. Boom. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, dope. But, yeah, between the two, I, you know, they're both okay. I think they're both pretty all right. Um, but neither I wouldn't call either mediocre uh, mediocre because there are some definite mediocre episodes of Voyager, and I don't think these two qualify. Um, mm. So between the two, I'll go with learning curve. The scene where they're running through the the corridors. <laughs> Yeah, it's just <laughs> doing a 10k lap yeah. on the yeah exactly so we'll, we'll go with that <laughs> learning curve I'll vote for learning curve and Mike you know uh, I don't know anything about either of these episodes but since uh, those of you who do seem to vote for learning curve I will uh, go along with that I know and learning curve moves on we are on to our next fight Jared this one is yours it is lights of Zatar versus remember me <laughs> okay I'm going to go ahead and vote for Lights of Zatar because Dr. Crusher did not write Lights of Zatar <laughs> uh, vote for Lights of Zatar um it could remember me it could have been such a good episode if it had been a different character like that one component makes it so not good to me it just makes it okay. It makes it to be the best Crusher episode, which doesn't say much, which <laughs> makes it very mediocre. So I'm going to go with Remember Me. <laughs> that's Chris? That's odd. Wow. That's you know, good. I didn't see Lights of Zatar, um, but from the description, it definitely sounds mediocre. Uh, and I didn't know that Turnabout Intruder was the last uh, last TOS, yep. TOS episode. I'll have to check that out. I don't remember watching that one. Um Right. Anyway, so yeah, let's go with Lights of Zatar. And that name is just freaking stupid. Zatar? <laughs> really? Uh, vote wait, for Lights of Zatar. Wait till you hear the backstory on the Zatarians. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, I mean, even the name itself is mediocre. It's kind of a first, the first thing that comes to mind when you're thinking up a weird 60s alien. Um, so that combined with the weird floaty chamber. And and the uh, sparkly lights, um, you know, you've got a lot of of what made Star Trek a mediocre show back then. Uh, vote for Lights of Zatar and Todd. Wow, that was that was that was a good one right there. That that kind of that kind of got me. Uh, I think that's kind of what is the thing when people think of uh, like I, you know, I was, I've been telling people like, oh, watch some TOS, watch, you know, get back into your your roots and watching old school Trek and like, wow, so cheesy. And like, and so just kind of so, so, you know, and like, and I, Lights of Zatar is, is really the so, so cheesy 
not bad, right? Uh, but also just not great. And I think it exemplifies it. And and remember me. Uh, that is the one we're on, right? Remember me. That is correct. Okay. Uh, is at least cool because the traveler comes back, and he was a, a well loved character, even though he's a you know space pedophile and all that kind of stuff. So loved by who? Yeah. Well, you know the geeks. There's geeky love on that. Uh, Zatar. Uh, vote for Lights of Zatar. The intergalactic uh, pedophile goes down, and Lights of Zatar goes on. We are that on to our next fight. What? <laughs> he's totally an intergalactic pedophile. He, he shows goes up down. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, on little boys and little girls all over the place. Here we go. Next fight for a spot in the final four. It is Time Squared versus Frame of Mind. Ah, uh, this is fun for me. Um. God, I, I don't like watching Times Square, and I also don't like watching Frame of Mind, but I can watch both. Uh, while the, they can be on in the background, and I can just not pay much attention to them. Uh, which one has better moments? I guess, I guess Time technically... Squared. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Frame of Mind actually has a few better moments, because I like Riker a little bit more. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to vote for Times Squared on that one. Uh, Chris? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so frame of mind, I think it's all right, you know? And what's funny is, okay, here's the deal, right? We've been doing this for, what, how long? Two hours now? Two and a half? And we've we've talked about these episodes at least twice so far. You guys say a name of an episode, and I've already forgotten what it was about. Not even joking. I have to look it up again. So, yeah, exactly. So let's go with uh, Time Squared. I, I actually put that one on the list. So, between the two, it's got to be Times Squared for me. I'll vote for Times Squared. Mike? Uh, two Picards is superior to <laughs> a Laker and a Crusher. Uh, so, that makes Times Squared the better of the two episodes, which means it's not mediocre. So, frame of mind. I'll vote for frame of mind. Todd? Uh, yeah, boy. You know, a crazy Picard versus a crazy Riker. Man, uh, the crazy Mi- crazy Riker is the least interesting. So, frame of mind. Another vote for frame of mind. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Jared. Which one is in the final four? Frame of mind goes to the final four because Times Squared is actually awesome, Trek. <laughs> <laughs> And Frame of Mind is into the final four. We're on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. For All the World is Hollow, and I have Touched the Sky versus Emergence. Wow, that is some true mediocrity. <laughs> I am not kidding. What, between those two? Honestly, though, i got to say, I, I, even though I fell asleep in the middle of The World is Hollow and I have touched the sky or whatever it is, I still think it was a better episode it, better episode meaning it was better to watch. It wasn't as mediocre as Emergence. Boy, I barely got that out. So let's go with Emergence. Uh, vote for Emergence, Mike. Uh, hmm. I I think I'm also going to vote for Emergence because while they are both mediocre, there there is a more entertaining a, a mediocre and a less entertaining mediocre. And I think Emergence is just a more entertaining mediocre. It's such a freaky idea. 
you know, the ship's giving birth to a new life form and all that weird shit on the train and everything was symbolic. And, uh, you know, sometimes next generation tried to, to do something a little different and, um, it didn't work, but I admire the effort. And, uh, and so I'm going to vote for that because, you know, mediocre is not just necessarily mm. bad. Sometimes it's still entertaining and mediocre. A vote for emergence. Todd. Yeah, I'm, it's interesting because I'm, I'm voting for emergence because, uh, I think it's because of the, the, the worst qualities of, of it as opposed to the better. Uh, whereas the, uh, the other one, the TOS story with McCoy, uh, it's at least normal and it's pretty much what you get with TOS when they're just doing their, their normal thing and they're trying to give McCoy something to do. Whereas emergence, it's like, man, there's a big thing going on. The, the enterprise gives birth to its own space baby AI. Like you'd think that'd be a bigger thing, but the, the killer of TNG always, and this is exam, exemplary of it is the whole thing of like, uh, eh, nothing really happened with that. Even though that was pretty big and pretty amazing and pretty freaking giant, eh, it's just another episode. So, emergence. Another vote for emergence, Jared. There's this uh, crazy uh, quotient about Captain Picard that I don't think gets addressed very often. It's when he like gets on this wild string <laughs> where like he's totally like pursuing like that logical, ethical, like respect all life you know, respect all wonder kind of thing. And Emergence kind of has that in it, for sure. Ethics has that also. So I'm starting to wonder what this means about Captain Picard's character, you know? And, like, if you, like, follow this all the way to Nemesis, where, like, he's, like, encouraging, like, Troy to, like, oh, if you can make yourself vulnerable with these psychic attacks. I mean, who the hell is this guy? I'm going to put forward for the world is hollow. That's going to put forward. Because you think Picard's a psychopath? Is that what you're trying to say? You know what? The more I think about it and the more (laughs) more episodes I enjoy and the more scenes I enjoy with him, I'm thinking, you know what? This motherfucker's actually fucking crazy. Like, Ben Sisko would be, like, looking at him, like, long, like, wait, wait a minute. Wait, for real? No. You know, they say it's the quiet ones. (laughs) (laughs) A vote for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. Um... Yeah, he is crazy. You know, after what happened to him in season three, he's never the same. He was really boring before that, and then he becomes exciting, Picard. You mean uh, boring like in Times Squared? Yeah, exactly <laughs> like Times Squared. <laughs> he's boring, boring. awesome. Because <laughs> you can't hear him because he's mouthing things. And not but just... I will be voting for Emergence. Emergence is into the final four. We're on to our next fight. It didn't matter what my <laughs> vote was. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. This is <laughs> this is a fucking hard one. It is Final Mission versus the next phase. Yeah, this is this is really tough because there's there's no winner here. This is not this is not possible. So I have to kind of go outside of just this with some bizarre geek logic and just look at okay, final mission is Wesley Crusher, which is Will Wheaton, uh and uh next phase is Ensign Rowe, which is uh Michelle whatever her name was. What's her name? Michelle Forbes. Uh she was in Battlestar Galactica as uh the new Admiral Kane. 
Uh, he's in the Big Bang Theory as himself. Admiral Kane would beat Will Wheaton in a fight. So, next phase. Oh, <laughs> I'll vote for the next phase. Todd. Wow. Ah, oh, man. Well, there's always Michelle Forbes with that uh, crazy mole on her face uh, that sometimes bugs me. I want it to go away, but it doesn't go away. It stays. So if I'm going Forbes versus Wheaton, I don't know. Uh, Wheaton is the, he's a kind of a, a geek champion. He's a cool kid. Uh, but do I want to forward his agenda as a mediocre guy? Ah, fuck it. I'll say next, or I'll say uh, final mission. I'll vote for final mission. Jared. This is the situation. Say you're like a nerd and like you've started dating some new girl and now it's time to tell her that you like Star Trek. (laughs) Oh, crap. These are the only two episodes you have. (laughs) Wow. Oh, crap. Which which one do you show her? I mean, which is going to be like, oh, you know, this is all right. Or which, oh, this is terrible. Or, oh, get me away from this guy. I'm guessing that the one you would probably show would be the next phase just because it's got a little more going on visually. So I'm going to go ahead and put um, Final Mission forward because it's got more absurd drama that we don't give a fuck about. Right. And uh, keep the next phase with its coolness and its weirdness and let that, like, orbit the nebula with Times Squared. Uh, Vote for Final Mission. You know, we've talked about how bad Crusher is and how bad Ensign Rowe is and how bad Troy is, but we have not yet talked about how mediocre, and it is mediocre, Jordy LaForge episodes are. Every last one. There is a single Jordy episode. Identity Crisis. (laughs) All of them. All of it. Oh, Jory LaForge does not I have know. a great episode at all. He, he does. Has, beat up. He has great moments in other people's episodes, but if it's a Jordy episode, you can just tune the fuck out. He's uh, a next, babble asshole. <laughs> next phase is a Jordy episode. I will yeah. be voting for next phase. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Chris. You know my, uh, my dislike for... Um, final mission, but you made an excellent point about poor Jordy and his mediocre episodes. In <laughs> one, he ended up hooking up with a well, girl. This might trans- be the most like- mediocre of his episodes. Yeah, no, it might be actually. Yeah, you have like a fight be. between Jordy and Crusher. Yes. So <laughs> they, didn't he actually end up with a girl who transformed from a dog or morphed from a dog in one episode? <laughs> yeah, the shape. <laughs> Yep. Don't forget the holiday yep. That's awesome. So I'm going to go with um, the Jordy episode. I've already forgotten the name. So the next phase. There you um, go. They put the formula out in the space. <laughs> yes, they do. Man, the next phase is moving on into the final four, and uh, we've already come to the conclusion that Next Generation is the most mediocre of all tracks <laughs> because three of the episodes are in the final four. My God, this is the only episode that is in Next Generation. Todd, this one is yours. It is okay. Learning Curve versus Lights of Zatar. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, on, on this uh, thing, I've, I think that uh, 
you know, I've I've been swayed by Mr. Formey on his uh, spiny goodness when it comes to Voyager. Uh, I feel that that there is some movement, at least, in the Voyager story. And Zatar is just Scotty getting his thing on with... uh, She's a pretty hot chick, but she's just a girl, and she's just a chick. And uh, so, yeah, I will say Zatar again. Uh, Vote for Lights of Zatar. Jared. The, the lights of Zatar left the planet Zatar. They were like evolved um, persons from that planet, and they were reaching out for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting lights of Zatar forward. <laughs> uh, vote for lights of Zatar. Uh, you know, I I I I talk about Voyager being mediocre, which I do firmly believe that it falls into a. Overall mediocre, mediocre. Not bad. Just most of the episodes are mediocre. Uh, but I don't know the lights of Zatar. I have never seen the episode lights of Zatar. But the title alone tells me I never need to watch <laughs> the lights of Zatar. Uh, so I will be voting for lights of Zatar. Chris. Yeah. Um, lights of Zatar. That's. I mean, honestly, it's. It doesn't get much me, much more mediocre than that, and I haven't even seen it. It's just the name, dude. The lights of Zatar. <laughs> Chris, so. can your website sell Zatar fine art, dude? <laughs> that would be gold. Zatar Christmas lights. Yes. <laughs> I can make and- it sell anything, so we can we can make that happen. <laughs> Mister Ortiz, is it a clean sweep? Uh, yes, it is, because I just want to keep hearing people say Zaytar. <laughs> <laughs> You're Zaytar. <laughs> anyway, we're at our final four. We've got Frame of Mind versus Emergence, and the next phase versus Lights of Zaytar. Uh, Jared, this fight is yours. It is Frame of Mind versus Emergence. Oh, man. You know what? I, I've got to let frame of mind have a pass right now because actually a lot more visually sticks out to me on frame of mind than on emergence um but the problem is that emergence has that super psychotic picard who's like saying no let the ship have a child what 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 they'll get in the way of like weird but I'm going to go ahead and go um, frame of mind, get the pass. I want Emergence going to the finals. Uh, vote for Emergence. Ah, do I vote frame of mind? Do I vote Emergence? Both of them are so blah. Ah, this is the fun part of this episode. <laughs> we signed up to do Mediocre, and we've got tons of Mediocre here. And, and neither of these episodes are that bad. They're not really bad at all. They're just mediocre episodes that you could watch while they're on in the background. Which one would I rather watch while it's on the background, though? Um, I guess it's Emergence, because Frame of Mind, I always, I always get that letdown that it's the one where the, the holodeck kid is trying to be taken off the planet. I always mix those two episodes up. And they're both mediocre. They both aren't very ah, good. Ah, Future Imperfect. Is that the name of that one? <laughs> yes, fourth season, yeah. Yeah, I mix those two up all the time. Because they are almost identical. He's captured, he's got to get out, and he's trapped by aliens, and then it changes to something different. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I'm still going to go with Emergence. Uh, Chris? Did you know my feelings about New Vertiform City? Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't beat that horse to death enough because it's just... Yeah, so Emergence. <laughs> Another vote for Emergence. Mike? Uh, I will also vote for Emergence because uh, it's you know, it, one of the reasons uh, Picard is so crazy uh, is because of this whole, you know, kind of big ideas and, and literally new life and new civilizations. And that kind of supposed core thing of Star Trek playing out. And this was a real mediocre expression of that. I mean, it's something that is really very essential to next gen also. I mean, that that, that was the type of show that really kind of pushed that. It, you know, it wasn't as dark as some of the other shows became. And uh, and it comes off just so fucking goofy. Uh, <laughs> so because I think that, that idea, that big concept is so uh, so emblematic of, of Next Generation and when they really, really tried hard to say something meaningful and important and, and wound up uh, making a, a funky cake that looked like the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was the best part when they cut that cake. <laughs> oh, vote for emergence. Todd, is it a clean sweep? No. Frame of mind, man. I just can't get frame of mind off my mind uh, as being what I hate about Star Trek in the way that it always is on. There's always some character who is nuts. And it's a bad guy doing it to him. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, you name it, they've all been nuts by something. And it's just so boring. So, but, you know, it's not horrible, but it's boring. And Emergence at least has a dude from Lebowski and from also the Hudsucker Proxy. And, uh,. And at least there's some effect sequences going on, whereas in Frame of Mind, it's all on a... It might as well have just been a play. There's an effect bad. sequence. Remember when Riker, like, shatters and, like, all falls down in okay, front of the face? Okay, okay, you're right, you're Remember right. Remember that there's, one? There's, there's, some, there's some effects, yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, but at least there's a, a space baby AI in, in Emergence, so I'll go with that one. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't in any good conscience not put my vote in for a frame of mind, even though um, it's going to lose. It, it already has. It's already uh, done. Done and um, done. Emergence is into the final. Let's see who it's up against. Uh, it is the next phase versus Lights of Zatar. The name Lights of Zatar is lame, but for all of the mediocre Jordy LaForge episodes that didn't make the list, I will be voting for the next phase. Chris? Yeah, I, I like I said, I haven't seen the light of Zatar, but the next phase is really mediocre, especially at the end where they start to come back into phase, and they're like holding on to each other's arms, and there's that like terrible spot. It's just so mediocre. <laughs> Another vote for the next phase, Mike. I'm sticking with Zatar. A vote for the lights of Zatar, uh, Todd. Man, I gotta go with Z-Tower because, uh, not just because of the name, but at least, like I said, in the next phase, there's some cool shit that they're trying to do 
Rose worried about being, you know, she thinks she's dead, and that's kind of cool. And, like I said, they push a Romulan out into space, even though the physics and all that kind of shit are weird and blown out. But it's kind of cool, them kicking a dude out into the nether regions. So, and it's a Romulan, and that's kind of fun. I like Romulans. So, at least it's a little above average, but Zatar is really just average. Uh, vote for Lights of Zatar. It is all tied up. Comes down to you, Jared. Which one goes up against Emergence? You know, that was a brilliant observation on Jordy LaForge before, where, you know, <laughs> he has so many boring episodes. <laughs> but you know what you got to look at is the template. I mean, if you look at the next gen and, like, everybody like doing everybody else's jobs, who is LaForge but Scotty? And is this not Scotty's most boring, most boring <laughs> offering? So it's got to be Lights of Zatar because no Lights of Zatar... Know the next phase. Mm. A vote so for the lights of Zatar, and the lights of Zatar is moving on into the finals. A Jared Formby special. I, I, <laughs> he, he loves to hate that logic, but then he uses it himself. <laughs> the lights of Zatar into the <laughs> I know you love to hate it, uh, but it's it's the final fight, and we've got some time to spare. <laughs> It is Emergence versus Lights of Zatar. Chris, that one is yours. So, okay. Something I haven't seen and something I have. Hmm. This is Emergence and Lights of Zatar, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. I kind of nodded off there. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is the greatest finals ever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not. Uh, isn't isn't uh, emergence the one with? I mean, data has the phone in his chest and it rings and. No, that's is it a, like is it a different the, one. The, nope, the nope, too funny. obvious. Yeah, what's great about your analysis of that is that that's kind of like I said. I think that's the beginning part of emergence. The next part is emergence. I think okay. that that episode somehow precludes that, and it's pretty much the same thing. So yeah, yeah, it's very mediocre. So this isn't the episode on the holodeck with the train, and Gul Dukat is a gunslinger. Yeah, it's a gunslinger. There's okay. Because yeah. okay, so what was the episode where Data has the phone in his chest? Ah, what is the name of that thing? But it's it, is that the one where he's dreaming about his dad? That's the one where he gets dreams. Yes. Okay, so that one's pretty mediocre too. That's funny. Those two really blend together in my mind. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was the same episode. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, emergence. Because dude, that is really mediocre. Yeah. Really, really mediocre. Uh vote for emergence, Mike. Okay, so we got emergence, which is basically this new life form, this glowy, sparkly energy thing that comes out of the ship. Right. And Lights of Zetar is about glowy, sparkly energy things that go into the ship, specifically into the girl. Um and I think you can say, broadly speaking, across, what, how many years of Star Trek is it now? 50? I don't know. I, I'm not good with math. <laughs> um, the glowy, sparkly energy thing has been among the most mediocre of Trek. You know, that's, and a special effects budget, so just make a glowy, sparkly thing. So I think it's fitting that these two things come up against each other because that is the, 
You know, it, it's the the weird freaky cloud. It's major. Ah. It's just across the board, um, even more mediocre than Jordy LaForge because sometimes Jordy's cool. Uh, and since Lights of Zetar has multiple glowy, sparkly energy things, <laughs> and doesn't the chick talk in a freaky voice? I guess she's <laughs> yes. Yeah, session. So it's like the Exorcist in Star Trek Two. So uh, Star Trek also. So I'm I'm gonna vote for Zetar because it's a, a little bit weirder. There's more glowy, sparkly energy things, and I still like saying Zetar. Uh, I'll vote for Lights of Zetar. Sorry, Star Trek Five is on right now, and it was just <laughs> the fan dance. Yes, everybody's favorite. Oh, and over- it's the glowy, <laughs> sparkly energy being. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, Todd. Oh, boy. I can't get that fan dance out of my head now. Thanks. All right. Um, Well, let's see. (sighs) Again, um, Emergence, it it makes me, the the episode kind of disappoints me and makes me mad. Whereas Zetar is just, I don't feel anything about it. So I have to go with Zetar. Because I actually have a kind of vehement reaction against emergence, so where I where I feel the less of is what I will have to vote for. So, Zetar it is. A vote for Zetar, Jared. I I, I think uh, that Todd's instincts are right. I think that um, to uh, to have an emotional reaction to one of these episodes is to huh. maybe discount it in some way. You know, and, and like the lights of Zetar, you know, it, it develops this wild idea where there's like, you know, all these, this alien consciousness, which is like a, a, a number of souls and they push out through the universe and they all like, um, converge on this, you know, one woman, Scotty's girlfriend and, like, they express themselves in, in, in this strange way. You know, this is, like, kind of a cool idea. You know, it's a cool science fiction idea, but it doesn't leave you with anything. It kind of, it kind of just snoozes out on you, and you're like, okay, I guess that's all that was. Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, you know, and the emergence thing you know, is similar because it's a developing life form, you know, it's like moving on. Who's not to say that like, maybe like the Zatarians were actually like the enterprises D's consciousness, like pushing up into, yeah, fuck it. Life of Zatar is awesome. Let's go ahead and say that one. <laughs> uh, vote for Lights of Zatar. Uh, I have not seen Lights of Zatar. It sounds really mediocre. The name screams mediocre. Uh, but, because I haven't seen it, I will vote for Emergence, but the Lights of Zatar is the winner, or the loser, or the runner-up. I guess they, I guess technically it's second place, no matter what, because it's mediocre. Uh, it's father never expected it. But Lights of Zatar is our winner this week, until we do it again, because we're always completely wrong about this crap. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Check out our friends at BacklotD.com, DDGeeks.tv, Self-Space Communicate, and our awesome podcast, Life After Trek, The Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy at SoulessMinions.Libson.com, and Into the Batcave with Brian Townsend and myself at Into the 
www.libsyn.com. Special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing with Chris Mitchell on the Geek Fights Tumblr. And, of course, Mr. Formby for the Pimp Down intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at HeyStarTrek.net. I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Jared? Yes, um, I uh, would like to plug that I was recently on an episode of Geek Fights. It was the most mediocre Star Trek episode. <laughs> and I would uh, recommend that you go to geekfights.net and download it. Um, that was this episode, but okay. <laughs> it was so mediocre you forgot you were on it. That's all right. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Todd. Hey, uh, let's see. Um, I don't know, just Geek Fights, it's cool, it's awesome. Um, I don't really have any plugging of holes or anything, so, rock it. That is perfectly fine. And I know you have stuff to plug there, Chris. Yeah, I think I'm actually just going to plug our new fine arts site. My beautiful wife, Charity's the artist. Um, we are actually in talks with some other artists to post... C-tar, uh, C-tar, C-tar. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get her on that. Uh, but anyway, you can check it out at byebyerobot.com, B-Y-E-B-Y-E-Robot.com, and uh, check it out. Tell us what you think. Buy stuff. Booyah. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, you can find me on the Zod Complex podcast and the Week in Geek video show. Um, also, I would like to plug if uh, on the off chance that this is your first episode. Um, I, I doubt that you would have made it this far. But if maybe you fell asleep with your headphones on and this is still playing to your subconscious, uh, go back and check out maybe the best or worst of Star Trek episodes because at least there we had a little passion. Uh, <laughs> we may have talked a lot here, but there wasn't even a lot to hate. Um, and, uh, and I didn't get pissy and, and, and pout uh, because uh, my favorite episode lost. Um, but uh, you can find that if you search very, very hard because our website's still kind of a mess uh, at geekfights.net because uh, that's where we have our old episodes as long as as well as a, a list of upcoming episodes and more. Uh, aren't you on Zod Complex and Week in Geek, Mike? Didn't I mention those in the beginning? No. thought I did. Nope. Everything's so hello. You didn't you just... even do the geek logic thing. You just said hello. Yeah. But Mike's on the Zod Complex every blue moon, and every week he's on Week and Geek. You can check that out on YouTube. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes on the Zoom Network or like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or at geekfights on Twitter. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Our <laughs> upcoming fights are... I have no idea. Oh, wait, no. Best... Doctor <laughs> Who episode... Well, it's Ooh. best twist because we've already recorded oh, that. Best twist. And there is a twist in best twist. Spoiler. Uh, oh, and lots of spoilers. I might as well say that because <laughs> this is the week before. If you just look at the brackets, and if you see anything on there that you haven't seen, don't listen. It's full of spoilers. And then best Doctor Who episode. So, not, not best of. It's best Doctor Who episode. Uh, wow. Any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. At the end, or actually when you announce with the winner, you should play yeah. that uh, that Price is Right. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs>
starlight My love is wandering in starlight I know he'll find in star-clustered reaches Love Strange love a star woman teaches I know his journey ends never But my heart goes with him forever He wanders his starry sea Remember me Remember me Remember me Star Trek 4 is starting right now. Oh, <laughs> whales. My least Wait. favorite of the Star Trek movies. Wait a minute. You don't like Star Trek 4 with the whales? Yeah. It's so fun, though. Well, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, it's, so, it's just as goofy as 5, but it always gets a pass because it's Star Trek 4. <laughs> <laughs> just for goofy. It's the first time they did it in movie form, you know? So well, they it's had... actually fun, too. Dude, I liked it when I was a kid, but rewatching it, dude, Star yeah. Trek Four sucks. Wow, that's the one that drags. Really, that's not even. You don't even go for double dumbass on you or anything. I mean, no, yeah. that's funny, and so is the you know nuclear vessels thing. I, and that's yeah. totally funny. Computer, that's fucking dope, right? Yeah, that's pretty dope too. Well, right. I think it's because I'm seeing it through different eyes now. So. <laughs> well, it's also we were like whale thing, and we're like, how the hell can whales? In space, here are whales here. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that they brought two whales back from the uh, past to die. Wait, let's rephrase that. <laughs> One baby whale to die by itself. <laughs> Jared turned this rant. No. <laughs> Be- because, look, Gracie is pregnant. They oh, bring geez. the two whales to the future. There are no other whales. The two older whales die off. The baby whale is left by itself to die a lonely death in the sea because there are no whales. <laughs> oh, don't think it's true. But at least... The Star Trek universe. Yeah. So they got back to the 23rd century and they're like, oh, crap. Yeah, they, they're like <laughs> they could eventually mate with the space whale, right? Yeah. Maybe. You know. Maybe they all died. That's all. That's all. I, uh, that's all I think of is <laughs> those, those sad, dead, lonely whales. <laughs> <laughs>